Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe. Over there with me is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? We're trying to make it back. This is probably my first show in what, like three weeks, a month. Had the flu, had like pneumonia afterwards, and then our schedules couldn't line up. You guys did a Saturday show. Um, glad to be back. Still trying to kick whatever this is in the butt. It's no fun. But uh, we're here, and you know the perfect medicine for a lot of things is baseball. And in the offseason, we don't get a lot of baseball. You know, the World Cup's going on right now. But, you know, we can kind of segue from World Cup to soon-to-be World Baseball Classic and uh, just baseball because baseball's good for the soul, good for the heart. Yeah, it's a hot stove, so it'll keep you warm. Uh, you know, it's been pretty uh, lukewarm lately here in Chicago. Hey, hey, Pirates are making moves now. And we, 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 we literally have the Angels who have put together the ultimate Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man scenario with having Mike Trout and Hunter Renfro on the same team. Because I'm not sure if you've ever seen them with the helmet on and like in the batter's box, but Mike Trout and Hunter Renfro look like identical twins. Uh, I just know that they're not um, equally productive, though. I mean, we've been waiting hey, on Hunter hey, Renfro. Hey, 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 time. Renfro the last three years has like dropped the K rate. It's a pretty interesting move, but knowing the Angels, it'll blow up in their face. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, I remember Hunter Renfro was one of those. Uh, prospects that the he was gonna come up with the Padres and they eventually gave up on him after like a year or two but this is why you trade away those prospects because you know you never know if you end up getting Mike Trout or you end up getting a Hunter Renfro and just you know they end up on the Angels anyway just everybody's uh what did he call it not not flame outs because that's not a good term for Hunter Renfro um not uh, letdowns per se, because mid tier. Let's call them yeah. mid. Is the, is Which the really prospect. isn't a terrible outcome, even if you are like a top prospect. Because oh yeah, I mean, look oh, at yeah. Yerickson Profar. I feel like he's always the best example of he was this you know dynamo prospect, and he's never really filled that you know uh, description. But right. he's been around the big leagues for a while, so you know, yeah. and he's been a regular the last few years. So gotta yeah, give that and- to him. He's uh, probably the main uh, one of the big catalysts of this past year. Remember, we we looked at those Padres lineups this past year. It's like it's basically Manny Machado and everybody else, but yeah. Jerickson Profar because of his versatility and he has a little nice bounce back. And the other um, claim to infamy with Jerickson Profar was when he was one of the the players that we did last year, or was it back in twenty twenty? That didn't have a barrel. That didn't have a barrel. Nicky Lopez, I think, was on the list. Nick yeah. Madrigal and David David Fletcher. David Fletcher's always on that yep. list. And then Jerickson Profar was on there. And like, oh, come on, Jerickson Profar has to be the first one. And he wasn't. I think it was, it might have been Nick Madrigal. It, it, it was Madrigal, I believe. Or no, no we thought it was we thought it was Madrigal, but it was somebody else. It might have been Profar. There, there, we, there was one person before, I believe. It, it didn't update on time. But then now last year, Profar gets more barrels and Madrigal is nowhere to be found. So. But yeah, you never know, right? With these players, and Profar is going to get paid. This is his first time being a free agent, so it's not going to be a lot of money. But hey, nice fifteen twenty million doesn't sound half that bad people, right now. People were giving up on him. People gave up on Jerickson Profar. Like he's never going to do anything in this in this league. And like I mentioned, he was one of the uh, important pieces for that Padres uh, lineup this past year. While Tatis was out for the entirety of the year and Machado was basically putting that team on his back until they received, uh, they acquired uh, Juan Soto and Josh Bell and then Brandon Drury. So yep. 
so you never know you never know no don't give up don't give up but just uh temporary i guess the lesson here is you got a temporary expectation and and uh you deal when the iron is hot and yeah well, and I feel anyway. like you definitely have to temper expectations when it comes to starting pitching, which I believe is where we're going to start off today, right, Felipe? That's right. That's right. Uh, we are going to do the starting pitching thing today, and and and, and the relief pitching, which you know is always a favorite and meaningful to our hearts. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a big it's a staple to this show. Basically, uh, we you cannot have a total basis podcast episode without discussing the pitchers. Uh, relief pitchers. Sorry. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's where we are, right? Right there. <laughs> uh, you also mentioned the World Cup. Uh, World Cup is uh, is up and running, and it's in, it's in the full steam ahead. Mexico is getting embarrassed out there. I'm ashamed to be Mexican. <laughs> At um, least you guys have Bidia, so. <laughs> Bidia. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, in the World Baseball Classic, I don't know uh, if you heard, but we might meet up um in arizona austin maybe Corey, and maybe some other people to look mm. to some see some of those teams on, on the west coast like team oh, mexico yeah. and maybe team usa i mean i'm not interested in team usa maybe i am yeah, depending on who's going to be on the <laughs> team maybe if i'll see some of my fantasy players on the team like yeah like It'd be like that. i know that guy <laughs> like, well, when, or, or back when when was the last one in 2018 17 yeah 17 17 i believe well, yeah, 17 because Nemo played for Team Italy and got hurt. Oh, geez. Well, uh, for me, uh, my guy was uh, Kristen Yelich. So Kristen Yelich was the guy I was like rooting hard for. And when he made it, I'm like, yeah, Chris. I was like the like the biggest Kristen Yelich homer that day. Because uh, <laughs> why? He was on my fantasy team. And there most importantly, go. he was on my keeper league. So I'm like, yeah, time to get Kristen Yelich a name for himself. And then Adam Jones like stole the show. Yeah. Uh, per the huge. Or the huge Adam Pacman Jones. Anyway, but we are here to talk about starting pitchers. Uh, who will so likely yeah. you, you who you will likely not see any of these guys in the World Baseball Classic because it's just simply too much of a risk. Oh, so. Melvin was talking about Julio Rios, uh, uh definitely playing for Team Mexico. And that's okay, I I, I could see that, uh, but in, in terms of the the preeminent like Team USA arms never show up. Uh, I, I went back and I looked at the 2017 roster of pitching. And it was like, oh, it, it, you would laugh. I mean, like Tyler Clippard. Uh, it was a lot <laughs> yeah. of reliever. It was Tyler Clippard. Daniel Hudson, I think, was on there. Yeah, those guys uh, are pretty good back then. Oh, uh, the, the starting pitching was uh, frightening. Uh, if you continue, I, I will find that roster just so we can laugh. Well, we talked about uh, well, if Julio Rios does not make it for Team Mexico, then Team Mexico is going to get just blown out here because uh, Arias had a decent season. And uh, yeah. I have this spreadsheet spread into like three or four different parts. And we start out with the traditional four by five heroes. So uh, for those who play rotisserie baseball, five by five traditional leagues, it's uh, saves, wins, ERA, whip, and strikeouts. Obviously, we're not doing saves for starting pitchers, but we are going to focus on wins, ERA, whip, and strikeouts. And those are supposedly the more traditional numbers, even though I think whip is more of a newer statistic out there but somehow it has been uh, uh what do you call it absorbed by some of the traditional traditional people if you ever get into these arguments or discussions and debates on facebook and social media and sports message boards somehow whip has become this uh de facto traditional number that people can hang their hat on as to why traditional stats are better than the advanced stats like right, whatever whip walks hits yeah. per innings pitch that's 
pretty darn new, but we'll we'll give it to them. But Julio Rios finished barely finishes above Kyle Wright on this list as the best pitcher in terms of wins, ERA, whip, and strikeouts. Uh, uh, let's see, Julio Rios, Kyle Wright, and Justin Verlander are on the top three. Shohei Otani is the first pitcher uh, on the top five uh, that show that that the uh, place in the top ten in strikeouts. And there's Dylan Cease. Uh, I believe Dylan Cease was a Cy Young candidate. Is that correct? Yes, he was. He was one of the finalists for the AL. Yeah, and uh, even in the traditional numbers, uh, he still loses out to Justin Verlander on this one, and loses out to Shohei Otani to uh, to uh, probably a lot of people's surprise. Was Shohei Otani uh, nominated for Cy Young? I don't remember. I don't believe so. I believe it was uh, Verlander, Cease, and Manoa. I, I could I, I could double check it. Manoa number six. So you get a clue as to how these uh, writers are uh, voting and nominating these players. At the, as uh, they still are looking at the traditional numbers. Oh yeah. Uh, Nestor Cortez at seven. You Darvish at eight. Aaron Nola at nine. Corbin Burns, who was the best pitcher last year, traditionally and advanced metrics speaking, uh, barely makes it in the top ten. And then Zach Gallen is tied for tenth. And uh, I guess I should say that the thing I did was, you know, I take the, the, the pitching category, like wins, for example. So let's sort it by wins, right? Uh, Kyle Wright finished number one. So he gets 10 points for finishing first in that category. Followed by Justin Verlander, who finished second in that category. So he gets nine points. Julio Rios and Framber Valdez finished in third in that category. So they get eight points apiece and so on and so forth. Usually it's uh, one point for finishing in 10th. So you do that, and I did that for all the categories. Just if you place in the top ten, you get ten points at most, one point at minimum, and uh, that's how I got the, this these standings. Uh, so it's a usual suspects of names there, but uh, you, you're looking at uh, anybody from twelfth and beyond. Anybody that kind of sticks out to you, as a, there were thirty one pitchers that uh, were ranked in these categories, but anybody in particular stick out to you in the in this uh, traditional. Uh, statistic i created well i mean it's like obviously kyle wright had a very good year and it was very funny to see a lot of atlanta fans that were like oh kyle wright's not even in this why is nobody talking about kyle wright for the cy young he has all these wins he has a solid era but it's like he was nowhere close to the guys like verlander and otani in terms of era strikeouts and the more advanced stuff it's it was one of those very where you can still see a lot of fans uh they, they see oh he was a 20 game winner he should win the cy young well, sorry, this is no longer the Rick Purcello show in which he robs Justin Verlander because simply he won 20 games, uh, which was good to see that, you know, Verlander won a Cy Young and we had a guy that had 20 wins and didn't win a Cy Young. So maybe like some sort of, even though they were in separate leagues, like a nice little taste of justice, I guess, for Justin Verlander. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, he did. <laughs> that is the case. That is that is definitely true. Uh but I was going to ask, did you see anybody that kind of uh, was, you know, like anyone from 12th to like 31st, anybody that kind of stuck out to you? Oh, I mean, from that list, I, I, I would say maybe Tristan McKenzie or someone like Tyler Anderson, who we did see already get paid by the Angels. One of the few kind of premier free agents off the market that was had a qualifying offer. Um I was shocked he only got $13 million a year, but with his injury history, age, and the loss of money and draft picks, I guess it, it kind of fits. But those guys had slept on seasons as well. Uh, 
Cy Young Award winner for the National League, Sandy Alcantara, and the, in terms of traditional numbers and the you know the traditional rankings, finished 13th, actually tied for 12th with Garrett Cole. So that's that was kind of surprising because you know I know that the strikeouts are lacking for Sandy Alcantara, but obviously he uh, he more than made up for him uh, by being a workhorse and pitching a lot of innings but maybe next year I, I should include innings pitch as well but i didn't include innings pitch here but either way it wasn't enough he did finish uh on the back end of the top 10 on some of these categories here but ultimately samuel contra would finish tie for uh 12th be uh right there with garrett cole um so well i mean that's kind of the thing with sandy alcantara was yes he had the lower uh ratio strikeout numbers had under um nine k's per nine but still finished eighth in the majors and strikeouts simply because of that volume. Uh, had more, points out of it, yeah. yeah, had more strikeouts than guys like Kevin Gossman, Shane Bieber, Yu Darvish, Shane McClanahan, Framber Valdez, uh, and even Justin Verlander, Manoa. Fran, uh, yeah, I already mentioned those guys. And uh, Zach Gallen, that was the name I was trying to find. So even though like the strikeouts weren't you know, eye-popping, it's one of those when you have somebody that can give you volume like that, they make up for it more in the aggregate than in the ratio. Right, right. And like, again, he got three points out of the strikeouts because he did finish in the top 10, but still, it's still in the back. I mean, he finished 10th and whip. So, so there's a, I don't know, man. It's just weird that, that he, what was his record? I forgot what his record was. Can you uh, refresh my memory there? Record uh, was uh, 14 and nine. So 14 and nine. Okay. With so a 2.2 2 ERA, and that's 14 wins with a Miami Marlins team that was uh inconsistent offensively, to say the least. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh and, and, and it's rough. It's rough to be productive when you play for a really bad team. Yep. It's just kind of eye-opening that because he's not gonna be impressing, he's not gonna rank high in the advanced metrics, which we're gonna get to in a little bit. It's just kind of funny that even in the traditional numbers, he's still finished in the top 12, but it was still good yep. enough for him to finish number one in Cy Young and mostly because of the innings pitch, the workhorse. Yep. And he had a lot of complete games. So, yeah, and I was going to say that I think it was my favorite Sandy Alcantara stat of the year was that Sandy Alcantara had more complete games than any other rotation combined he, with yeah. a six. And it yeah. was it wasn't like all of them were at least eight or nine innings with the eight inning one being, you know, the team didn't score. So he couldn't didn't have to go back out there to pitch. Uh, meanwhile, you had guys, I, I think Noah Syndergaard ended up having like two complete games, but they were both like five or six innings called up due to rain or something like that. So it's just one of those, the only person close to him was Framber Valdez, who I think of his three complete games, two of them were full nine inning ones. Oh, wow. I did not know that, but you know, Noah Syndergaard and getting two complete games due to the weather. I mean, come on, he's Thor. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that one always still cracked me up that, you know, I don't think he gets the credit for a complete game shutout. No, I but don't he, he, the... he, he hadn't given up any runs, but it was only like five and a third innings and he gets credit for the complete game because it was an official game and they no, call no, no. it. He doesn't get credit for being able to control the weather. Oh, because <laughs> oh, he's, he's Thor. There you go. Come on, man. He, he should do that more often then. He's a yeah. five. He's a five and dive pitcher now. So, uh, <laughs> pitch for five innings. If your team scores, then just pull down the hammer. There you go. Game over. Yeah, speaking of Mets, there's a couple of guys from the Mets: Chris Bassett and Carlos Carrasco, getting some points for the uh, for the wins. So that a product, either a product of uh, being on a really good team, or maybe they were that pretty damn good this year. Yeah, uh, Chris Bassett was definitely underrated, and 
he's going to have his one shot at free agency this year. Um, likely, I think, going to get around the Tyler Anderson maybe a little bit more uh, just because he's more of a, a solid. But he was definitely, especially he stepped up more against the upper level of competition. Carlos Carrasco is a guy, if you go and you break down all of his starts, he's the perfect four now. But um, he was definitely someone who took advantage of feasting on the Marlins, the Pirates, the Nationals. Uh, and then you look at him versus like the Braves, Dodgers, and other teams, and he he struggled immensely. But uh, yeah, Chris Bassett was definitely uh, slept on, got a lot of wins. Uh, Mets were top three offense in baseball, so um, that kind of explains those two guys having so many wins. Also uh, getting a lot of wins this year is uh, Cleveland Guardians ace, Cal Quantrill. Look at that, four points for uh, finishing in the top ten in wins. So what, he must have gotten... 13 wins, I guess, 12 wins. I think it was yeah, 12 wins. probably around all, that. I think all these guys got 12 wins. So Cal Quantrill also shows up on the list. So that means he's a pretty good pitcher, right? He's 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 elite now. He's top. <laughs> is he top 20? Top uh, Cal, 20 Cal, Cal Quantrill, Quantrill had 15 wins and five okay. losses with a 3-3. Three, three. That's more wins than, oh, God, Dylan C, Sandy Alcantara, Max Freed, Corbin Burns, Zach Gallen. So yeah, yeah Cor- Cal Quantrill for Cy Young next year, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. So what were his <laughs> other numbers? I, uh, I, I have the standard oh, up right now, but let me. Look. I got it. I got it. All I know is that Cal Quantrill was someone I did not want anywhere near my fantasy teams. But 186 innings pitch—that's pretty good. 32 starts. Hey, uh, workhorse 6.18 K per nine, which is the lowest of his career. Uh, the walk, he's always been pretty good with the controlling. Of yep. the, uh, con- he was able the ability to control his walks, as I should say. Um, anything else? 338 ERA, which is respectable, but the uh, advanced metrics are not, very yeah. I'll say everything else was over for the expected ERA, FIP, and XFIP, all over four. But we we talk about guys like Cal Quantrill with the Guardians. I mean, it's like they'll trade Quantrill next year or something, and then they'll call up somebody who will do the same exact thing, who we've never heard of, was never on a top 100, probably wasn't even top 10 in their own system. So it's just whatever at this point. They just create oh, these guys. Did they trade Peyton Battenfield? Wasn't that one of those guys we talked about? One they acquired players? they acquired Peyton Battenfield from Tampa. So that that's whenever the Rays and Guardians trade with each other, you're just like, okay. This oh, is there, interesting. There was a pitcher that we talked about in the past that we that I think he made it on one of our lists or he made it on uh, one of our trade deadline uh, discussions who recently got traded. And I was about to message you and I just couldn't do it. And now I don't know who his name is, but he was definitely someone you were um, highly regarding. And I wasn't sure if it was Peyton Batfield or somebody else. Yeah, no, Peyton Batfield was la- the 2021 season, but they did. They might have acquired somebody this year. So I'll have to go look. Yeah, someone got traded. Oh, okay, so did you? Uh, we were talking about the World Baseball Classic, uh, you Team USA rotation. Did you get a chance to look at that yet or no? Yes, I did. And it's, right, you, you know, uh, extremely. So you had Chris Archer for this. This is just the starters Chris Archer, Danny Duffy, Tanner Roark, <laughs> Marcus Stroman. And hey. then in the, in the designated pitcher pool that is like off the roster, but they can start if needed, you had Sonny Gray, Jay Happ, and Drew Smiley. Wow, that is that's that's a lot. How the hell? I mean, those are those are those are the arms that you get. I mean, How and then with the, the re- relief re- the relief pitchers, Clippard, Sam Dyson, Michael Givens, Luke Gregerson. That's a name. Nate Jones, Jake McGee, Andrew Miller, Pat Neshek, and David Robertson. How the hell did they win? 
I mean, I guess the bullpen. Bullpen is pretty damn good. I mean, but I mean, and then they basically got carried by Marcus Stroman. It's Marcus Stroman uh, took it upon himself to carry the the, the pitching staff that year. I remember. I and remember I, that. offensively, they're always just so far ahead of the rest of the world. It seems. So I don't know, man. Some of the Dominican teams. They... I, I mean, I mean, this year, I feel like this year it's going to be closer. I, I don't think they win this year. Mm. All right, so here's a, on the Hunter Renfro trade, since we talked about that, a couple of guys that we talked about in the past, probably probably because they were traded in previous uh, deadline deals or something like that, but Elvis Pagueroff goes to the Brewers from the Angels, and so does Jan- Jansen Junk. I could have sworn we talked about those two guys. Jans- Jansen Junk is somebody we've mentioned because I think he was traded before, and for some reason I want to say Yankees, but I'm not I 100% so. sure. I, you might be right. It might have been the Yankees, and we can look deeper into that, but I'm still looking for that other name that I was like, no, we just talked about that guy. Uh, Kyle Lewis got traded for Cooper Hummel, apparently. So yep. that was an hey, I- I'm a big Cooper Hummel fan, so this yeah. is fun. This is yeah. fun. Yeah, that should be that's a decent trade, but now yeah. the Diamondbacks have like twenty outfielders now. You can't start everybody. Well, uh, you know, Hummel has some experience behind the plate as well, and you know that, that's kind of where Seattle they've had who Nola back there. Um, not really exactly what they're looking for, but yeah, whoa. Jansen Junk was a Yankee. Uh, Eric's oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Eric Swanson, who uh, we'll be talking about in the relief pitcher, he just got traded for Teoscar Hernandez. Yep, and, and people were like, "Oh yeah, that's that's a great trade for Seattle to get Teoscar Hernandez." And it's like, like, yeah, that. yeah, it is, but he only has one year left. Swanson has three, and a lot of people, I included him in my top five relief pitchers, um, just because I wanted him to get some attention because I think a lot of people slept on how good Eric Swanson was this year. Uh, Dennis Santana was finally given up by the Texas Rangers. Uh, he's going to the Braves. Which is where he started, I believe, too. <laughs> oh, okay. Nolan Jones. Uh, to the Rockies. Prospect to the yep. Rockies from the Guardians. And I I made the joke that him and Ryan McMahon are going to see each other in the clubhouse for the first time and be like, the, the, once again, the Spider-Man meme. No, <laughs> I'm you. I mean, because they just seem like such similar players, that lefty that can't really hit lefties. Yeah. Uh, but we're so enticed with the power and the fly ball uh, in course Field with prospects. Like when Ryan McMahon was a prospect, and of course now Nolan Jones is going to be in course Field. Should be very interesting. Uh, McMahon's a little shorter and probably a little bit more well built at this point. But yeah, uh, left both of them are lefties with uh, immense power Pop. potential. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully Nolan Jones can figure it out. Uh, Xavier Edwards, who seems to have been a, a top. 10 15 20 prospect for a long time yep. finally was given up by the race he's going to i Miami. thought that i thought that was interesting i thought that was a win-win for each side because tampa had to get rid of uh a lot of guys off their 40 to protect guys and add them to the 40 another guy that uh, the rangers gave up on nick solak finally they're done with that experiment and, and he's going to the reds and i'm like okay him and nixon zell are the same people so what are we, <laughs> what, are, what are we even doing here like <laughs> It's the Noah's Ark of things, you know. You get, I get two of everything here. Uh, I, I, so I guess he wasn't a pitcher; he was a catcher. Peyton Henry, uh, going from the Brewers to the Marlins, and I forgot where he started, but that was he was definitely someone we talked about uh, during one of the trade deadline shows. So never mind; it was not Peyton Batten, Battenfield, but no. Peyton Henry, uh, Henry, who started with. Oh, I guess he's always been with the Brewers. Yeah, so I, I don't really remember much about. Uh, there's. Gavin Williams, Peyton or Logan Allen, Tanner Bibby. Uh, that, I don't know. Uh, Joey Cantillo. I think all these guys actually Cantillo was signed by the Padres, but acquired in August of 20. 
I don't see any guys that the in, are the Guardians acquired in 2022 via trade. So no, it, it, it might have been Peyton Battenfield, but just we're a year late because yeah. No, it was Peyton Henry who I was thinking about okay. as the guy who was recently traded. And I thought he was a pitcher, but he's a catcher. And yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. But this is why we talk about all these bum ass players, regardless of where they are. Because the when game. they finally get traded, we're like, hey, we hey, talked about guy. him. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why. At least that's that's the kick I get out of it. But anyway, let's go back to our pitching. So that was the traditional numbers. Now we go into the more advanced stats here. The uh, So I do it by F4. Field independent pitching. XFIP. Sierra. So I guess do we need do we need to explain what each of these are? These metrics are. If you want to. All right. Uh, Fangraphs WAR basic wins above replacement. It's a. Uh, we'll take turns by the way explaining. Yeah. Uh, Fangraphs WAR is the uh, um, the overall number statistic that that Fangraphs tries to give to uh, provide overall value to these pitchers, uh, and it is based mostly on strikeouts and how they control walks and how they uh, control their home run totals as well, which is Fangraphs Ward uses a lot of uh, what they call the fill independent pitching. Sean, if you want to explain what that is. Yeah. So that is what, you know, when they just focus on strikeouts, walks and home runs and what their ERA would look like if it was just those three things that the pitcher controlled rather than the somewhat randomness of balls and play uh, qualities of defense between teams, ballparks, uh, you know, it, it, people don't think about it, but it's like, oh, just the square footage of an outfield severely influences BABIP, which can increase or decrease batting average, which most people, when they think about Colorado, they think, oh, yeah, it increases home runs. Well, no, it increases BABIP because it has the most square footage of any outfield in baseball, aside from, I believe, Coffin Stadium. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, field independent pitching is the – one of the ca- one of the stats that goes into the Fangraphs WAR calculation is what I was yeah. trying to say. Uh, XFIP is you know why don't you go ahead and explain XFIP since you already touched a little bit on the FIP. Yeah, so XFIP would be uh, if you took a pitcher's it's the same strikeouts, walks, home runs, but it normalizes home runs. Uh, so a, a pitcher that pitches in a very home run friendly park like Yankee Stadium or Colorado or Baltimore before they put that monstrosity in left field. Um, <laughs> Uh, in it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Here? Standardizes basically the home yeah. run to fly ball rate. Uh, it normalizes it to what the league average home run to fly ball rate was. So if a certain pitcher gave up a lot of home runs on fly balls, uh, it would bring his home run total back to league average, and then kind of you know expected what it would be if it was in a, a neutral playing field or a league average playing field, rather than hit them being judged by the amount of home runs they gave up because they played in course field or wherever. Yeah. And then when you, any, when you ever see the, the letters FIP, just, it stands for field independent pitching. Basically if the pitcher has no fielders, can he get outs? Can he survive? So that's basically what you guys should be thinking about. And then the last one is Sierra, which stands for skills, interactive ERA. This one accounts for, um, uh, the ground balls, the balls in play, like you mentioned, that one does account for that. Yeah, it, it's basically XFIP, but it takes into account uh, the bat, batted ball data of the pitcher. So the ground balls, fly balls, line drives, um, which obviously grounders are probably the most optimal, fire, followed by fly balls, and then line drives are uh, bad. So there you go. So that's how we have it. And for this one, 
again, same thing that I did with the traditional numbers. If you place in the top 10 of these categories, these statistical categories, you do get uh, points for it, 10 points for leading the category, one point for placing in 10th. So I added the all four components and I got this number with uh, Shohei Otani barely beating out Aaron Nola, 32 points to 31. Uh, Carlos Rodon finishing in third, former giant Kevin Gossman finishing in fourth. So that's pretty damn impressive because we thought that he was going to melt down in Toronto and, uh, and he still finished in the top, top five in a lot of these categories, except for Sierra. Yeah. I want to say he finished like 10th in the voting too. And he, he put out a little tweet when they announced it and it was just like 10th with the laughing faces. I thought he was probably the biggest snub. Uh, like you said, uh, he finished, I believe fifth in all of major league baseball in F four. Uh, the strikeouts were great. The walks were, you know, one of the best in baseball. Um, and the ERA did climb up kind of towards the end. He had a couple of rough starts, but I, I thought he was one of the best and most consistent pitchers in the American League last year. Uh, had more starts than Verlander or Otani. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that gave him the edge over those guys, but it, it just didn't work out this year. Yeah. But he he did do much better than I think we both anticipated. I, I know I was always high on Kevin Gossman, except this year. This year, like, no, nah, this is the year you uh, want to sell high on Kevin Gossman or avoid Kevin Gossman, and which was uh, surprised a lot of people. It surprised Austin. I know that much. Like. Uh, I, I think it surprised you as well because you were expecting me to come in with my Kevin Gossman pom-poms, but that the whole thing with the American League East and the Blue uh, and playing for the Blue Jays, I just didn't like that. And especially uh, switching from the National League West, half of your starts being in AT and T or Oracle, whatever it is, um, to the American League East, which we always talk about. Like when it's like, yeah, Jose Barrios is the perfect example. His teammate, uh, I've never been high on Jose Barrios, and when he got traded to the American league East, I said, yep, this is it. I am like, I, I used to be like, okay, there, there might be a chance. Jose Barrios is still good. And then he went and was one of the worst pitchers in baseball this year. So, yeah. And the blue Jays basically upgraded. Uh, the, I know they had to give up on Robbie Ray because of free agency and Gossman ended up having a much yeah. better year than Robbie Ray. Uh, even though Robbie Ray was a Cy Young candidate and winner, actually, he did win last year and I'll give Robbie Ray credit. He, was able to get the wins, which I know is something that people look into. I know this because that's one of the reasons I acquired him in, in the uh, in the points league because he was getting wins for the Mariners, uh, and he racked up a lot of strikeouts from what I remember as well. Yeah. Uh, but Gossman, he's on another uh, level here. But of course, what killed Gossman in, in the Cy Young voting is, as you can see, uh, the traditional numbers. He's blacked out in three of those categories, so he did not finish in the top ten. But he more than makes up for it in the advanced metrics. And then running out the top five: Justin Verlander, Shane, Mal- Shane McClanahan, uh, Garrett Cole finishing in seventh, Corbin Burns finishing in eighth. Again, Burns finished number one last year. So uh, different. What a difference a year makes. Uh, number nine was Shane Bieber. Number ten, Sandy Alcantara, and tied with him is Max Fried. So. Uh, a little, so he does a little bit better in, in the metrics and the advanced metrics, uh, yeah. as opposed to the traditional numbers. But it, top ten pitcher, and that's your Cy Young candidate. That is your Cy Young winner. So I don't know, man. I think people are falling too much in love with the the whole complete games and innings pitch. It definitely didn't help the Marlins too much this year. But uh, yeah, there it is. Top ten, Sandy Alcantara, and uh, is grouped in there with Max Fried, and then rounding out the last of these uh, other guys, Framber Valdez, Zach Wheeler. Brandon Woodruff, who uh, has kind of fallen off from grace, almost 
got his arm falling off as well. <laughs> uh, Jose Quintana and Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease. Oh, the White Sox fans are going to be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> Dylan Cease finishing 16th at, and getting one measly point out of it. That's because of the F war, but he did not. And, and again, I think that's more of a, of a control issue with him as he did. Yeah. But I, I believe the, he, the walks came down, but they were yeah. still high. I mean, it was 3.82 uh, per nine innings. Uh, the strikeouts were great, but it's still one of those like they came down, but they're still bad. So uh, it, it is a, um, a little bit of a eye test, not or the advanced metrics not meeting up the expectations of the eye test. And Dylan C's definitely was a Cy Young candidate. Uh, but according to these numbers, I mean, he should be not anywhere near that vicinity. He finished 16th in the, in the advanced stance and in the advanced stats. So where did he finish in the traditional numbers again? Dylan C's was, I just saw him. Oh, uh, uh, five, five, five. Oh, okay. So then, so again, you could say, oh, well, then that's because the traditional numbers are better than the advanced metrics, but in the traditional numbers also undervalue Sandy Alcantara, despite the fact, um, again, we didn't include uh, innings pitch and definitely we're not going to include complete games on this yeah. one, but yeah. Anyway, it's not enough to go around. <laughs> yeah, I gotta cut the I gotta cut it off somewhere. I can't be doing this forever. So what I can do is find a happy medium, right? So this blue highlighted statistic that I created here, uh, it takes this number, the traditional four by five hero uh accumulation score, and it takes this advanced metric score and gives me a happy total, right? So I get the best of both worlds there, Sean Flannery. I got the traditional number and the uh, advanced metric and Ultimately, Shohei Otani wins out, beating out Aaron Ola by four points. And is that what you used for your top six? Uh, pretty oh. much. Uh, I was saying because that that looks like your top six. Yeah, uh, I I tried to account for all the other ones, but it just seemed like these the six names that appear ended up being the names that appear the most on all of these four uh, colored categories I have here, yeah. and it just turns out that it that it this is what it mirrors the top six here. Uh, but yep. Shohei Otani, Aaron Ola, K- Carlos Rodon, Justin Verlander finishing in fourth, Kevin Gossman in fifth, and Shane McClanahan barely beating out Garrett Cole in fifth, uh, in sixth place, getting 26 points to Garrett Cole's 25 points. Uh, Garrett Cole having a pretty darn good year, despite the fact that the home runs were, um, I'm, I'm assuming that the home runs is what killed them this year. Is that, is that yeah, a fair assessment? W- one and a half home runs per nine, three, five ERA. Uh, 3.3 F4, which was tied with uh, Merrill Kelly. <laughs> yeah, Merrill Kelly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah. Yankees fans are going to like to hear that, but yeah, tied with Merrill Kelly and behind, he had a pretty considerable lower uh, F4 than both, oh God, Jose Quintana and Martin Perez. <laughs> oh, Martin Perez. You know, I forgot all about him. You know why? Because yeah. he's well, not that good. <laughs> it's it's funny, but Jose Quintana and Martin Perez are sandwiched right next to each other in F4, and like all of their numbers are identical. Their strikeouts are both around seven and a half per nine. The walks two and a half. Martin walked a few a little bit more, but Quintana had a 2.93 ERA, Martin Perez 2.89 ERA. Just those crafty lefties that I think had a too good of a year. Um, but just funny to see that those two guys finished ahead of uh, Mr. Kermit the Frog. Speaking of Merrill Kelly, uh, number seven in innings pitched 
Merrill Kelly workhorse for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, one of the few guys to go over. Him and uh, Garrett Cole had nearly identical innings pitch, 200.1, 200.2. There weren't many people that hit 200 innings this year, and uh, Merrill Kelly was one of them. Yeah, only eight of them. Yeah, that's wild. 180 is the new 200, and I feel like we've been saying that for about two, three years now. And I think I I could have sworn that there there was fewer. Oh, yeah, there were fewer last year. Four four starting pitchers. There were definitely uh, fewer in 2020. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, four in 2021, and those guys were Sandy Alcantara, who actually let, I think he led the league in innings pitched this year, right? Oh yeah, it wasn't even close. Uh, Adam Wainwright, who we thought he was done, uh, and Walker Bueller, and Zach Wheeler, number one. Yeah. Oh, so Wheeler was number one last year. Yeah, and Wheeler once again finished uh, with 213 innings. So yeah, I uh, thought he should have won Cy Young over Corbin Burns. So. Oh, I guess I, yeah. yeah, I guess I'm kind of in the same ballpark in that I also thought Sandy Alcantara should have won it this year, and he did um, over someone like Aaron Nola. But um, I think that's pretty similar. I, I, maybe Burns just had the all the noteworthy stuff early in the year that kind of helped him over Wheeler, who was just like just went out there and pitched seven innings every start. It was kind of wild last year. Right, right, right. So Merrill Kelly, uh, do you trust him for next year? Not a chance. <laughs> Hey, Diamondbacks are going to get better next year. Come on. They just hope he has a good two and a half months and they can trade him. Or is he a free agent? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, Continue and I will find out. Uh, Garrett Cole finishing in seventh and Corbin Burns. We just mentioned in eighth. Julio Urias. uh, Most of those points are because of the traditional number. He'll finish in ninth. Kyle Wright in 10th. Sandy Alcantara, number 11. Buy or sell Sandy Alcantara as the number 11th best starting pitcher in 2022. Oh, he's, he's so much better than that. <laughs> so much better than that. But the traditional numbers or the advanced metrics don't say he is, though. Either one, no matter what. He, I don't care. <laughs> this complete I, 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 I still think he can throw, uh, get more strikeouts. I, I think he's a guy that is purposely one of those. In order to go deeper into games, he tries to shorten at bats rather than just try and get guys into deeper counts and get strikeouts because he has a nasty slider and changeup, which he could use to get way more swings and misses. But I think he lives so much in the zone and his stuff is so nasty. He knows he can get weak contact and go deeper into the game, which is better than their bullpen. So uh, I think he's trading some personal ability for to help the team win. I think that's personally what it is. And Merrill Kelly is not a free agent. He signed a two-year $18 million extension. Uh, all, all the more reason to believe in him. All the more reason to believe in him. Uh, Merrill Kelly, top 10 starting pitcher for fantasies. Book it. You heard it here, folks. You oh, heard God. it here first, folks. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sandy Alcantara, according to Pitch Info, led all starting pitchers. Uh, I, I dropped it down to 150 innings pitch on the Fangraphs thing here, just so I can match my spreadsheet. But he still finished number one in velocity, fastball velocity, at 98 miles per hour. Uh, just just a little bit ahead of Gary Cole and Shohei Otani. So yeah, so Merrill Kelly signed that deal in April. I was trying to figure out when he signed it. I was like, I know it wasn't this offseason, but uh, moving on here, number twelve, yeah. Dylan C. So Dylan C's okay. I'm definitely buying Dylan C's as a twelfth uh, ranked. Uh, well, let, uh, so that's twelve pitches right there, Sean. So of the top twelve on this list, who should be SP number one next year? Is it, is it really Sandy Alcantara or is it or uh, you want to go somewhere I'm, else? I mean, it could be Corbin Burns, but I would definitely – I think this list is easier to say who won't be there next year, and I think that's someone like uh, Kyle Wright and um, 
Probably Julio Rios then. Yeah, probably. Julio Rios always, I mean, anytime you're a really good pitcher on the Dodgers, you're going to win a lot of games. Um, mm, that's a good point. I, I, I could take, well, I, mean, I could be a little risk of Kyle Wright, though. You can yeah, say the same thing about Kyle Wright. I, I don't think Kyle Wright's as good as he was this year. Um, All right, well, I, well, go back. Let's focus on one thing at a time. Who's your SP number one next year, right now? Is it? Uh, oh, it was. I bet it was. Yeah, it, it's either Burns or Alcantara. Uh, but pick one then. That's uh, one for next uh, February. Burns, Burns, just for the strikeouts. Wow. Okay. So Alcantara does not possess the ability to strike out, guys. You heard it here, folks. Oh no, oh, no, 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 no! Not no. believe in Daniel Alcantara. <laughs> um, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Rodon, does he continue to be this good next year? You see, a lot of Mets fans are saying, oh, Carlos Rodon is the perfect replacement for Jacob deGrom. And I'm like, <laughs> and they say, oh, Jacob deGrom has too many health issues. Go sign Carlos Rodon. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Carlos Rodon has yet to ever throw 200 innings in a season. In fact, I believe this was the most he's ever thrown at 178. I think he's been very, very good the last two years. No doubting that. He's figured something out. But I feel like if he loses even just a little bit of that velo, uh, we know he has the shoulder problems. We know that. Um, I don't trust him. Uh, nice. he, he He's the one guy who just one little thing could happen, and he's nothing. Man, I mean, I, I, I mean, he's back to being, I mean, we'd be lucky if he's back to being, you know, 2016 through 2018 him, which is like four ERA, <laughs> round nine and a half strikeouts per nine. Like, I just... I think he's peaking, and I think going forward, I mean, he's already, what, 30, 31? Okay, he's going to turn 30 in less than a month. It's an old Um, 30, though. I mean, like you mentioned, the arm problems. Even with the White Sox, he was starting to gas out a little bit in the second half. Remember, he had the no-hitter, and then it just seemed to be downhill. It wasn't as as dominant ever since. A lot of people gave the White Sox crap for not offering him a qualifying offer, which I, I, I think... And of course, and of course, with what he did this year, uh, with how good he was. Um, but yeah, I think they had some insider info on the the health of that arm. Well, yeah, they they ruined it (laughs) in the fact. Yeah. And the fact that you hear, I haven't heard anything about San Francisco even being interested in him coming back. Right. I think, I think that's that the last two teams he's been with have been like, okay, we're good. You can leave. Granted, they did offer him a qualifying offer because they knew he was going to decline. Uh, yeah. With how Renault's season ended last year, he theoretically could have returned because of that last, you know, month and a half. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's very telling that the last two teams really don't want him back or haven't been extremely yeah. interested. Uh, so yeah, I'm out on Carlos Renault. He's probably a guy I'd pick to not be there next year just because if he gets hurt, I mean, he's dumb. Yeah. And it's going to cost you a pretty penny in fantasy leagues to get him because of how dumb yeah. he was. I yeah. mean, you look at he's probably the. Third best pitcher according to the advanced metrics. For for so, fantasy 2023, who are you picking? Carlos Rodon or Sandy Alcantara? No, I'm picking Alcantara. Okay, not, good. Alcantara okay. Is younger. okay, okay, uh, okay. You're not crazy. You're not crazy. The You're only good. thing that worries me about Alcantara is that he is uh, racking up a lot of innings for uh, and, and he plays on a very crappy ass team. Um, but like you mentioned, he's probably uh preserving his arm and his uh, stamina just so he can get through these innings rather quickly. Yeah, and as Go, is is going uh, inning uh, uh, a pitch to contact uh, model, so to speak. Whereas Rodon, I mean, I've seen this from Rodon. I've been waiting on Rodon forever, and it's just he's just let down. If I'm Rodon, I am just going picking somewhere out in the West Coast and marching towards retirement. 
like do I like I I can see like L A like the Dodgers the like oh, no Dodgers. I I mean the Angels would be very on brand for them to sign someone like Carlos Rodon but I I feel like the Dodgers might be in play for him if like his market kind of I don't want to say free falls but Tyler Anderson got thirteen million dollars like right right Andrew did and Andrew Haney got like the same thing it was because then they they're both going to L A right the, uh, the Angels. Well, Andrew but, Haney's back with the Angels. Shit. Yeah. Oh no, no, he wasn't with the Angels. I don't think he he accepted the qualifying offer. Maybe that's what it was. Oh, okay. But um. All right. Well, uh, about Dylan Cease, uh, is twelfth? Uh, is that going to be about right, or is that too low for him for next year? That 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 sounds about right. I, I think when you the built walks. it. Yeah, because what was his total whip this year? It was um. Uh. Oh, let me see if I pull it up. Because you want to think that base runners this year is going to be even more of a problem with the stolen base rules. And for the amount of base runners he allowed last year, like he struck out a lot of guys, didn't give up a lot of hits. But if you start walking guys and they start running. um, See, the problem with Dylan C is is not that he can't get anybody out. It's that he walks so many guys. But otherwise, the whip was at 1.1. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. But. Going into this year, his career whip was 1.36. So is he more of maybe like a true 1.2 something guy, 1.2 and a half like he was in 2021? Probably. Um, Here's another scary stat for you. Um, 150 innings pitch minimum, right, is how I'm doing here. Even with that low uh, innings pitch total uh, for the minimum qualification for me, Dylan C still finished a dead last in walk rate. And he was yeah. the only starting pitcher on this list to get double-digit walk rate at 10.4%. No one else even got close. So Nick Pavetta was at 9.4%. And then yeah. teammate Lucas Giolito was at 8.7%. So this might be just a an overall White Sox problem for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, but, it, when yeah. you look at his numbers going into 2022, he had a 10.64K per nine, four and a half, or 4.1 walks per nine. The strikeouts went up about that much. The stri- walks came down about... The, the same amount in terms of difference, about 0.4. Um, the, his left on base jumped nearly 10%. Uh, the ERA dropped from a career 4.39 before 2022 to 2.20. Um, like I said, I think there's a lot of built-in risk there. Um, the the walks really didn't change all that much. It was just the, the strikeouts went up and less base hits. Um, I, I, I don't I like the upside with Dylan Cease, but those walks worry me. Any pitcher who walks that much, you're just asking for trouble. Um, and then the the fact his home runs, he nearly halved his home run total this year. Uh, maybe that's dead ball stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe if they reintroduce a not dead ball, who knows? Um, but yeah, he, he kept the home runs down. The walks came down a little bit. That's progress that you like to see, but um, got to see more of it. I, I, I got to see him take another step like he did this year. Right, right. And uh, who knows uh, with him being the, def- he's going to be the default ace next year for the White Sox. And he has a stuff oh, for it. Oh, oh, it's not Lucas Giolito. No, I'm done with him, man. <laughs> I'm so done with him. Um, maybe he's the next Lucas Giolito. I don't know. <sighs> see, the problem with Lucas Giolito is that he had those, well, I guess you could say the same thing for Dylan Cease, but I feel like Giolito's uh, arm problems uh, were much more. Um, for sure. Much, yeah, for sure. 
more spotlighted. I know Cease, I think he had the Tommy John surgery when he was at the Cubs, but I, I feel like Giolito, plus he's been, Giolito's been in the league longer, and he, he yeah. already came with a uh, with an average of, of mid-90s uh, fastball, like Giolito did, so the only place you can go is down, and he had to redo his whole pitching mechanics. Yeah, I mean, he became, a, he became a change-up guy. And, and yeah, uh, learn how to pitch uh, a decent really change-up. Whereas C's is it's all electric stuff, man. So the slider is uh, is is amazing. The the fastball is electric, and and he uh, is definitely up in the high nineties. Uh, uh, so he has the stuff for it to be the ace, and he now has the productivity to match it. Can he continue on that path though? Can he? Yeah, can it's he all it's all walk rate. It's all about the control and command. Uh, seeing that he you know halved his home run total, which of course has to be a little bit with the dead ball this year. Uh, that shows maybe a little bit of an improvement of command within the zone, yeah. but we still need to see more control of pitches outside of the strike zone because that walk rate was still, like you said, of all pitchers with 150 innings, the worst. Yeah, and uh, Alec Manoa is right behind him. Uh, who everybody loves Alec Manoa, and for I guess good reason, but for me. And uh, walk right? Manoa. Manoa was behind? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, he's, oh. Uh, back, I'm oh. sorry. Back to my spreadsheet. Uh, Manoa finished 13th on the spreadsheet here. Okay. Uh, right behind Dylan C's. I'm trying to see where I uh, where I can find Manoa on the leaderboard, and I can't find him anywhere. But when I had a, I had a tough choice to make, I had to uh, acquire some starting pitchers for my pseudo run in the points league. Remember, that's the league where yeah. I was like, I have a fighting chance to, you know, make the playoffs and win the championship. And then it turned out I didn't. But Alec yeah. Manoa was a guy I was thinking of acquiring to help me on the stretch run. And then I saw, like, in the last 14, 30 days, 40 days, whatever, small sample size, it seemed like his walk rate was also increasing. And that kind of turned me off. And that's when I realized, like, maybe it, maybe I should stop making trades and just wave the <laughs> white flag and lick my wounds and prepare for figure it out season. figure it out next year yeah but manoa's uh walk rate i felt like was also dangerously climbing up the more i looked into him and of course i'm i'm looking for him trying to sort by innings pitched uh what where, where, where else did he finish uh i guess i could do wins and see if i could find him there but manoa uh do you like him for next year as well or not i feel like there's a lot of hype around him right and it's like one of those you look at the strikeout rate, and he was like right in that same category as Sandy Alcantara, under nine per inning or under nine per nine innings pitch. Uh, the walks were okay. He's a fly ball pitcher, and he didn't give up like any home runs. He, he gave up, it was like 0. 0.5 or 0. 0.6, something like that. Uh, walk, I'm looking at your hypothesis about his walk rate. It did go up in August and was higher in September and October than it was um, the first four months. So in the second half, it climbed about two and a half percent. Uh, while the strikeout rate was about the same. Uh, I don't know. It's like he's one of those guys that when you watch, he looks like he should end up striking more guys out. He's more, right. he's like the, the bulldog mentality. And we saw it last year in 111 innings, he had a 10.24 K per nine, uh, in which came with a 27.7 strikeout percentage um, compared to just tired. 20. Yeah, maybe just compared to 23% this year. So, the the fastball velos averages about ninety four. I don't know. He's one of those guys who I think when you watch, you think, oh yeah, this guy's like the ace, right? And maybe he's more of like the bulldog number two three. Like mm. maybe that's just what it is. Yeah, that's not gonna cut the mustard for the Blue Jays who are expecting to do bigger things next year, and you'll see for a bit. But yeah, he definitely needs to uh, step up. I'm just gonna say, 
maybe maybe it's a stamina issue. I mean, he went from 20 innings, uh, 20 games started last year as a rookie to 31 this year, uh, increasing his uh, innings pitch by what? Uh, that looks like 70 or 80 innings more. Yeah. So we'll yeah, give him he, the benefit. He threw, he threw a combined like 130 last year between AAA and MLB, and he threw nearly 200 innings this year. So big jump. Yeah. Otherwise, the swing rates went up uh, slightly, but they did go up. Uh, unfortunately, so did the contact rates. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, yeah, so maybe it's just more uh, more film on the guy and fatigue, a combination of things that we cannot account for uh, on these uh, spreadsheets and, and statistics that we're looking at. And you mentioned that the fastball velocity stayed the same, right? Yeah, it's about the same. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting when you look at him last year versus this year. You know, obviously strikeouts were much higher last year. Uh, but you look at expected ERA last year, 3.30. This year, 3.31. Uh, his Sierra last year, 3.88. This year, 3.85. So very in line, very consistent in terms yeah. of the peripherals, which I think establishes a higher floor. Yeah. But I, I don't know where that ceiling is yet. But it's it's definitely a, a high floor pitcher. Uh, with the potential to really be a, a very good top of the rotation type arm, but we just he's t- real young. We got to see more of it. Only twenty four. So, all right. Well, let's play a game. Start one, bench one, cut one, and uh, delete one. I guess I don't know. Well, I guess delete would be cutting, right? Uh, so just, just one, those three. <laughs> send one. Send one to the bullpen, or uh, send one down to the minor leagues. Let's make, let's make it interesting. So they got four names for you: you Darvish. Nestor Cortez, Framber Valdez, or Max Fried, uh, who would you, uh, so to speak, start one? I guess oh, uh, God. opening day starter uh, right there, I guess. I think I'll start Framber Valdez. Damn right you will. I'll, I'll, right you know, like will. him and Max Fried are close. Like I, I, I won't lie. that Him and Max Fried are close. Right, um, so that's one. Uh, bench one. Bench one. I'll bench Max Fried. Okay. Uh, what's the other one? Cut one, I guess? Yeah, I'll, I'll cut you, Darvish. Oh, because so he's Nest- old. Because he's Nest- old. Nestor Cortez going to the minors uh, uh, then. Yeah, I'm going to be an ageist. I'm going to send you Darvish. Uh, I'm just going to get rid of him uh, on the basis of age. I'm going to get sued by the FCC or whoever does that stuff. ADA, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> we're not a private company, so you're, you're just going to get. But you are going to get canceled. So uh, yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I'm in line with you. I definitely, definitely, Framber Valdez. I, I cannot get enough of the guy. I don't know if he can repeat what he did this past year, especially with all the inconsistent stack has uh, sliders that we see on his page. He, all he does is produce. So I think I'm, I'm with you right there. I think I'm, I'm definitely um, avoiding you, Darvish, next year, and Nestor Cortez. I am not uh, reaching for him next year either. Um, Zach Gallen at number eighteen. By his lonesome. Uh, yeah, number eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eight. him and Max Freed are not very dissimilar, except Framber walks more guys. But the ground ball rate is just so much higher, and it's like Max Freed's one of the best ground ball artists in the game. It's just Framber Valdez is the ground ball artist in the league. Um, right. they were right next to each other in ERA 2.48, 2.82. I mean, about four. You know, it's, I guess half a run. Um, I just, I, I think. Freed had a really good year this year. I think I expect a little bit more retraction from him. Uh, I trust Framber Valdez way more. Wow, I, I didn't realize that we were uh, already up there on time. Uh, really quick, then uh, last question for you. I mentioned I'm going to mention Shane Bieber's the last guy, 19th overall on this list, who made it uh, 
in the double digit in points. So you got 10 points out of it. So all the single digit guys, starting with Tristan McKenzie, all the way down to Jose Quintana. Uh, who do you like for next year? Uh, I'd probably pick Wheeler. Um, e- yeah, even though, because you have to think he didn't have that spring training the first month or so. He was still kind of kicking things in the gear. Um, and then by midway through the season, he was that ace that we saw last year just going out there six, seven innings every start. Um, but I'd also, uh, yeah, Woodruff would probably, I, I look for him to bounce back as long as he's healthy, but yeah, definitely Zach, him. Zach Wheeler's the guy that I'm going to have on a lot of teams. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to avoid Woodruff and drop him down on my list. Like he's usually a top 20, top 15 pitcher for me. I might drop him to 30, 35. Uh, who, who are you avoiding next year on this list? Uh, probably Robbie Ray again. Oh um, man. Okay. Granted, I think there's a lot of potential there for a high win season. If Seattle takes that step forward, like we think they can, um, like I, I see Morton and Quintana down there at the bottom. Those are guys I wouldn't really want to begin with. Right. Um, but yeah, probably, you know, Robbie Ray, I, I, in our home league, I, I didn't keep him even though he came off a of Cy Young season. Um, it's just like his command, it didn't get, it got worse, but it wasn't as bad as his like Arizona numbers. Uh, the home runs went back up. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't trust Robbie Ray. He's, he's kind of like the Dylan Cease. I mean, he always was that guy that had the really good strikeouts, but the, the walks um, and then everything just kind of went right for him last year in terms of the walks coming down. The left on base rate was insanely high. So he didn't give up a lot of runs. Uh, it's a yeah. comparison. I like that comparison. Yeah, it, it really is because we both know they have that potential to just go out there and dominate a game, but they they get in their own way. It's not the hitters that really get in their way. It's just they don't throw enough strikes. So uh, My guy that when I see him, I can't help but get excited, Luis Garcia. I'm sorry. I see a Houston Astros player, a, a pitcher, starting pitcher. I get excited. The thing I hate is that the fact that they might go to another six-man rotation next year. Uh, obviously, Tristan McKenzie uh, is the obvious choice here, um, especially if he can come back. And I, I think that the, what was the issue with him? Was that the fatigue factor or that he's too scrawny or skinny? What, uh, McKenzie? Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of like the he he was losing, especially less so this year, but more so last year. Right. Uh, when he'd get into like the fifth and sixth inning of games, his fastball velo in the first few innings was like 95, 96. And then by the time he was coming out of the game, his fastball velo was 89, 91, uh, 92. So it so, was, it, so yeah. he'll definitely move up my list. Uh, but Luis Garcia, I think he's someone I can get in the, on the cheap, especially if, uh, as long as he's uh, listed as a starting pitcher, but maybe like number four, number five starting pitcher, I won't, I just won't be able to help myself and, and try to get a lot of shares of Luis Garcia next year as, uh, he shows up here because he got a lot of wins. But hopefully that also will translate into a better, uh, more strikeouts and lower whip and better rate stats in terms of the uh, advanced metrics. Uh, the last stat that I want to talk about uh, strikeouts plus the advanced metrics. So this is the one I used for last year to figure out who my best pitcher was. And this is how Corbin Burns became my, my son young and best SP of last year. But as you can see, Aaron Nola, this and Shoei Otani flip-flop Nola beating out Otani by one point and Rodan finishing in second with Otani uh, with 37 points. Gossman, Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Justin Verlander, Shane McClanahan, Alcantara finishing a little bit better here uh, at number nine. And then Shane Bieber, once again, getting double-digit points here. 
for his troubles. So there it is. And now we go for the podcast picks, still waiting for everybody else to make their picks. They're still uh, eating that turkey. But uh, pretty similar. I mean, you got Shohei Otani here between uh, Sean and I. And you did it. I I thought I was going crazy because you did not have Alcantara. You were given six spots, and he was not there. I was insulted. I was insulted for him. You saw he finished outside the top ten in in some of these stats. So I'm like, you know what, man? I can't do it. Can't do it. You got to be able to finish in the top 10 some, and somewhere. I got to be able to justify it. Otherwise, I can't forgive myself. So <laughs> maybe next year he'll stop messing around and get more strikeouts. I don't know. And there's uh, Rodon. We both have Rodon. I'm trying to color coordinate this as best I can. There's Kevin Gossman. So we both had Kevin Gossman, but you had him as your SP5. I had him as my SP4. So let's put up. A really, what I wanted was Rodon and Otani as like 3A, 3B. And uh, then Gossman Verlander. I know, but it was like to me, they were so similar this year, like pitching wise. It's Justin Verlander. And then the, the one difference is Shane McClanahan. I got him as my SP6, and uh, there was no room for Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara finishing as a Cy Young winner. He is, uh, what's who are you again? Sean. Yeah, that, that's that is my that is my name. That's Sean's guy as the SP1. Uh, Shoy Otani, uh, Shoei Otani and Justin Verlander had the same amount of starts this year at 28. Yeah. Uh, I believe. Uh, you see, Verlander, that was the thing. So many people were like, oh, Otani only pitches once a week. And I'm like, okay. Verlander. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. It, it's just a hate. I, I, and I, I, I'm, I, I'll be honest. I was one of those people. But I mean, Otani showed me a lot this year. That's why I have him as my SP1. Like, um, I know that a lot of it is to preserve his arm. And because yeah. he does play every day, I get it which is really frustrating, but you know what? They were able to do the same thing with Justin Verlander in Houston, just to preserve his arm and yep. get him ready for the championships and stuff. So maybe they're, maybe, I don't know what next year is going to hold. I don't know if these teams, cause it looked, it seemed like all the winning teams were, were, were trying to um, introduce a six man rotation, but I don't know if that, if they're going to keep doing that for next year. So it's going to be interesting to see which teams go with the six man rotations and which don't. Well, it's like, did Seattle ever really complete a six man rotation this year? We they were the one that we really thought would, and maybe yeah, they at the still beginning. could. I, I I don't know because the they have they, they have so many good arms going into next year. Seattle does, and um, at the beginning they did. Then yeah. I feel like as the year went on, they just decided to scrap it. But yeah, uh, yeah we were seeing you know um, delayed starts for Logan Gilbert and George Kirby yeah. and the like. So uh, so maybe they would just use it sparingly. I don't know, but excuse me. So we'll see, but Otani, uh, I think he pitched 166 innings pitched, which qualifies him for the ERA title, which was always a knock on him. Yeah. He doesn't throw enough innings to qualify. I mean, Justin Verlander, he, he got to what? 175, I think. Something like that. Yeah. He was right around 170. So he's not that far off. So maybe we'll see more of Otani on the mound next season. But why would you when he is uh, such a special player uh, that you you wouldn't want to take away his bat? But he's he he does hit though, right? He does hit when he uh, when he pitches, right? They're not yes, yes. So you know, there's your traditional number right there. Let's move on to the relief pitchers really quick. And as you can see, there was like a oh, 43 last year. There were 45 pitchers that were ranked. This one should be pretty easy. And we start the list over here. Oh, I guess I forgot to sort it by the traditional hero. Again, uh, the traditional four by five heroes. That's the saves, the RA, the whip, and the strikeouts. No wins because we don't care too much about that from our relief pitchers, right? 
Yeah. You know, we all he cares about saves. And Classe and Diaz, Edwin Diaz. Ed, Emmanuel Classe and Edwin Diaz finished number one and number two. Actually, tie for first when you consider the ERA, the whip, the strikeouts, and the saves. Um, Classe got first place for saves and whip. Diaz got the most strikeouts out of the relief pitcher. And then a guy that we both liked at the beginning of the season, at the very least, Ryan Helsey, Evan Phillips. I think he's one of the guys that we were kind of wondering what the hell people were were, were uh, complaining about when Dave Roberts replaced, I believe, Julio Rios for Evan Phillips. Like, hey, do you guys not know who Evan Phillips is for the Dodgers? Well, he's pretty damn good. Oh, wait. Oh, and like in relief. In the playoffs. Uh, game yeah, 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 one, yeah. I believe it was. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was the guy who replaced Julio Rios. I, I thought you meant in the rotation, and I was like, oh, when, no, did no, no, the, no. when did that happen? <laughs> I believe it was game one uh, where okay. Rios was. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that's out. that sounds right. Eli Morgan for the Guardians again. The Guardians, they don't care. Just are you healthy? Can you throw a pitch? Fine, you're in the bullpen. Let's go. So Eli Morgan gets in there. And then the last guy who finishes with double-digit points, Jason Adam, who was a guy I kind of counted on in both of my categories leagues until he his arm fell off yeah. at the end. Uh, anybody outside the top six that you want to discuss here, Sean, before we move on? Uh, outside of the top six. Yeah. Uh, um, Single-digit guys here. Single-digit uh, guys. Felix Batista. There, there's a lot of guys on this list that can take – and it's funny that Munoz, Duran, and Batista, all three rookies, all right next mm-hmm. to each other. Really, that's like almost five rookies in a row right there, aside from Soto and Swanson. But yeah, those three guys definitely I, I look to take a step forward. And I, I don't want to say we see like the passing of the the torch, the changing of the guard here um, with guys like Kenley and Josh Hader kind of up in the air. Uh, that's a weird sentence to say about Josh Hader. But Liam Hendricks is getting older. Kenley Jansen is getting older. Josh Hader is looking like he might be running out of a little bit of gas. What about but, Craig Kimbrell? Yeah, Kimbrell as well. I mean, that's definitely that fits in there. Uh, and, but I, I feel like RP will be in good hands because we just have some absolutely electric guys uh, coming up um, that all just do insane things. And I'm really looking forward to like the next generation of the great RPs. Oh yeah, Josh Hader did. Fit. I didn't. I don't remember putting him anywhere on this list, but there he is, Josh Hader, because he got the saves. Okay. Yep. Advanced metrics, obviously, this is the same as the other one, as the other starting pitching list. So F4, FIP, XFIP, Sierra, and Edwin Diaz just sweeps. He just sweeps the whole finishing number one in all four categories. A distant second was Emmanuel Classe, uh, Andres Munoz, uh, who we both like coming into this year. We just yep. didn't know if he was going to be uh, ready to go at the start. Uh, finishes in third with the advanced metrics. Chris Martin, I forgot what team he plays for. Was it the Braves? Uh, he was, or or was it Coldplay? Oh sh- no, he was on the Braves, but I didn't think he pitched that much this year. Um, uh, I mean, forty eight point two innings pitches the minimum. That that's uh, the qualifications. Let me, let me look. Okay, so this year he pitched for two teams, so he got traded. I don't know, uh, but yeah, he did have a very good year. Fifty six innings. I did not realize that. Yeah, kind of snuck up on us. He didn't get the saves or holds, but he uh, Who did was he able play to. For? Oh, he went from uh, he went to L.A. Ah, well, that he, oh, he he went Chicago. He was Chicago because he was a free agent from Atlanta. Chicago signed him. Chicago traded him to L.A. at the deadline. Like I did not even notice him with the Cubs at this this whole time. That's how brutal the Cubs were to watch. I'm like, that the hell with this team. But I completely forgot that he was with the Cubs. Shame on me. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fake Cub fan because I wear my white socks. <laughs> I'm a fake. Uh, 
<laughs> Chris Martin definitely, I was just guessing, Chris Martin definitely is a lead singer of Coldplay. So I did not know that. I mean, I did, but I was... I was an an extreme control artist who posted career high strikeout numbers this year. Um, He was really good in 2020 in the shortened season. And when the Braves acquired him in 2019, where he went from Texas to Atlanta, uh, the the stuff is okay. Uh, 2021 in his full year with Atlanta, the strikeouts were way down, but he's always been really good at limiting walks, which always makes the, uh, the, the FIP and the XFIP look a little better. So Uh, when you say control artists, like, I was going to ask you, don't you mean musical artists? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's one of those, too. And you, you see you see these highlighted things here, the Andres Munoz, Joan Duran, and you got this, these categories right here that I'm kind of highlighting here. Yeah. Advancement. It was all yellow. Oh, my God. I drew oh, a line. no. Okay. I drew a move, line for move, you. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, goodness gracious. Evan that was, Phillips. And, that was uh, bad. Evan Phillips and Devin Williams. Devin Williams is an old favorite of ours. Uh, and Jose Alvarado finishing tied for fifth. So let's play that game again. Now we have three players. Let's do uh start bench and cut uh relief pitcher edition. Evan Phillips, Devin Williams, and Jose Alvarado. Who are you starting? Uh, I'm I starting, guess, I'm starting Devin Williams. Who you're benching? Uh, I am benching uh, what was the Evan Phillips. And then I guess you're cutting Jose Alvarado. I'm cutting Jose Alvarado. I, the control, like he he did have a good year this year. Don't don't get me wrong. Fourteen point two nine. Yeah, I mean he's always had elite stuff like that. The stuff has never been in question, but it's the fact that from his career in Tampa to his first season in Philly last year, he had a five point six four walks per nine. This year it was at four point two four. The strikeouts did jump. He's always been a great strikeout guy. I don't expect him to be a fourteen per nine innings guy, but um. Yeah, I just he's kind of in that the the cease camp where I just I don't trust guys that walk that many batters, especially in relief. Yeah. Oh, the things can really tumble on you in a hurry. Then, yeah, I once again I, I agree with you 100. percent There's no argument from me. All you guys do is agree with each other. I mean, Devin Williams is awesome, man. Come on. Yeah, and this I, is going to be his first full year of getting all the same opportunities, more than likely. Yeah. Unless yeah. Craig Council really just wants us to pull out our hair. Um, <laughs> which I, I could 100% see doing because that was hey, the one thing. Was, if anything, he'll get the holds. I mean, he, he yeah. finished top five in holds this past season. So if you're in a holds league, go pick up Devin Williams. Uh, Juan Duran, who we just mentioned, finishing eighth. Eric Swanson, there's a, there's a first mention of, of your guy there, number nine. Ryan Helsey finishing out the top 10. And AJ Mentor at 11 to round out the double-digit guys there. Uh, look who shows up here on this list uh, from Reynaldo Lopez down to looks like it's Trevor Steven. Reynaldo Lopez, number 12, because he finished a high in F4 and FIP. Yeah, that, 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 there's a lot of fun names on that list there. But Reynaldo Lopez, a failed starting pitcher for the White Sox and people. And he's were... finally figured it out. On the bullpen side. And, and, you know, he will once in a while do some long relief uh, mop-up duties. So he's good for that. But is he? uh, do I consider him an elite relief pitcher? I don't know yet. But he definitely always had that stuff to be uh, a relief pitcher, a really, really good relief pitcher. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him as a starting pitcher, which uh, would help the White Sox a lot, a lot. Hell, he finishes ahead of Liam Hendricks. Buy yeah, or it, sell Renato Lopez being better than Liam Hendricks. Uh no, but it isn't it something to <laughs> I don't look know, man. But like, look at isn't it something to look at Ronald Lopez and see a 1.5 walk per nine? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. 
That's why I'm asking. I mean, Liam Hendricks looked kind of vulnerable this past year in certain spots. He he definitely got exposed uh, in a few games where he did not look like the Liam Hendricks of last year, where he was very dominant. Uh, and the only thing he has going for is the saves. But uh, the, the Sierra, so I guess Sierra thinks that Liam Hendricks uh, could have used better defensive help with the White Sox, which yep. I agree with that sentiment. Uh, Daniel Bart, he's not coming back next year on this list, right? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like he didn't give up like very many home runs and he has the, the arm of a closer. The ear, he had a sub, I I don't think he'll have a sub two ERA in cores again, but I I don't know. He could be back. And of course, Brian Abreu is the one name that gets me excited when I see on the, uh, on the list. Anybody like that uh, besides Brian Abreu that gets you excited for next year? Uh, Clay Holmes, Alex Vesia, and uh, Trevor Stephan. Um, I, I liked Vesia when he was in Miami, and Miami just basically gave him up for nothing to the right. Dodgers. And he had great strikeout numbers as a lefty uh, in like double A, triple A. Trevor Stephan was the rule five guy from the Yankees. Uh, he had really good stuff. The ERA was high, but Cleveland was able to keep him on their uh, 20, their active roster all year in 21. Uh, and then this year, he really took that step forward. Good fastball, good splitter. Um, and then uh, Clay Holmes as well, local guy. Uh, got to root for him, even though he's a Yankee. Uh, just got to get that control figured out. Uh, yeah. Electric okay. sinker, though. He faltered uh, sometime in the second half. Where yeah, oh, was... yeah, yeah, yeah. He he just completely lost control of the strike zone. Yeah. And I know you were big on him having way too high of a ground ball rate. I still, I think I mean, it, it was, it was, just... it, was at, it was like at 82%. Like, yeah, that's just still, silly. even if it drops down to 60, which was, which you, we've seen elite relief pitchers get to 60%. That's still pretty damn good. I honestly think injuries and fatigue got the better of him. I mean, he was just, he was just being utilized a lot uh, yeah. the last couple of years. So I think that's might've caused it. So uh, we got to the next category, which is the holes plus saves. So it's this uh, column E holes plus saves. And then what else? The traditional. So again, the four by five heroes. So we get that. We, we add that. And then we add the advanced metric uh, rankings. And again, 66 big points for Edwin Diaz, followed by 53 points for Emmanuel Classe. So one, two punch there. And again, usual suspects, Helsey, Phillips, Williams, uh, Minter going up because of uh, the holds there. Andres Munoz at number seven. Chris Martin. I can't think of any other songs from Coldplay. Sorry. Number eight, (laughs) Juan Duran at number nine, which is about right. He started off really good for the Twins. And then again, just a rookie. So he did falter at the end. Uh, Jose Alvarado, 10. Swanson, Morgan, Eli Morgan, Liam Hendricks, and Jason Adam finished with double-digit points. So I ask you once again, Mr. Flannery, we mentioned a lot of guys so far, but anybody else on this list? Oh, it's a big-ass list. Anybody else that you could see <laughs> who finished in single-digit points here? That- yeah, obviously it's weird to see Josh Hader. And while I was just talking about, you know, maybe he's at the end of this rope, We'll see. He's going to be playing on a very talented San Diego Padres team, still there. Um, but also see if Joe Jimenez is still a real thing um, with Detroit if he gets traded. Uh, I know Detroit has uh, I listened to the new GM, Scott Harris. He said a lot of people, teams have been calling about his relief pitchers, guys like Joe Jimenez, Gregory Soto, and uh, I believe they had a couple like Will Vest was pretty solid. But um, I'm also excited to see uh, Colin Pochet uh, finally came back after missing two years due to Tommy John in the Rays system. Of course, we know that the Rays are always trying to kill us when we try and figure out where their saves are going to come from. Uh, they have so many guys, but every now and then they go into like streaks where it's like one guy for three weeks. Um, 
maybe Colin Poche gets that chance. Uh, but also uh, guys like uh, Jordan Romano, of course, uh, always a very high-end uh, relief pitcher on a winning team. So we like targeting guys like that as well. Uh, Siono Perez. So uh, for the Orioles, we mentioned a lot about Felix Batista and a bunch of other guys. And because obviously they need a very good relief pitching core to kind of uh, yeah. offset the terrible starting pitching. I guess we didn't get those Bruce Zimmerman or – uh, Jordan Lyle. Uh, yeah, they, they, they must have they, they must have just missed the list mm-hmm. when we were talking about starting pitching. They, I, they, they, they maybe they did hit the minimum. Maybe the, if they'd hit the minimum, they'd be like you know number what? two, number three. Well, you know what though, just proves that they weren't that good to begin with. But Ciano Perez just shows up out of nowhere on this list. Uh, he got a lot of holds. Uh, was able to have a low ERA, and that's a lot of the points are from those two things: holds and ERA. So Ciano Perez uh, getting some love here for the Orioles. Brad Boxberger seems to make this list every single year. It seems like, yeah, and he just got let go. He's a free agent, I believe. You, you um, the the the, the what's it called? The oh yeah, I mean the the Mets right now. The the condition the Mets bullpen is in right now. It's basically Edwin Diaz and six guys in AAA. <laughs> um, no, LLA, I, I'm not kidding. It's Adam Ovino, Adam Ovino, free agent. Seth Lugo, free agent. Trevor Williams, free agent. Uh, Joely Rodriguez was a free agent signed by the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all on expiring deals. I think that's why they nailed down Edwin Diaz so quickly before anybody even had a chance. But I expect them to be in on a lot of these guys, both in the trade tar- or in the trade market, as well as, you know, Brad Boxberger doesn't make anybody jump up and say whoopee, but he's slowly, I mean, for years, he's been good. He was injured, came back, wasn't as good. But in the last two years since returning from that injury, He's uh moved back up, and I want to say he was what really good with the Marlins, like posting really good strikeout numbers. Then all he does is produce, man. And I know he's getting up there in age, and that's reasons to be wary about him. But all he does is produce. He's always been on these lists of the uh, in terms of uh, I'll just say it, my spreadsheets. He's always on on the spreadsheet, yep. and he unassuming guy uh, in terms of the metrics and numbers and stuff. But he always produces. Paul Sewell is another guy I'm excited for. Uh, I, I drafted him in in all my categories leagues last year. Uh, he got off to a really bad start, but then he turned things around, and and everybody noticed. And I wasn't able to pick him up again. So, but I'll be a little bit more patient with him next season. I think he'll get a lot of holds next year. I, I think we really see the um, Andres Munoz show next year in Seattle. Good. Uh, Tanner Scott. Um, oh, God. Lots of strikeouts. That's why he finishes on this list. Uh, 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 top. He got five points for the strikeouts. But I mean, that's... I was the biggest Tanner Scott fan there so was. I. Was. I liked them since uh, he was with the Orioles. But even the Marlins got to the point. I mean, 1.61 whip. Uh, I mean, to have a 1.61 whip and only a 4.3 ERA, that's actually pretty damn good. He did finish with 20 saves. But by the end of the year, the Marlins were just like, I think Mattingly, uh, Tanner Scott is the reason Don Mattingly stepped down. <laughs> he's like, he's, like he, he's just, I can't deal with this anymore. But you, you just look at him. He's always just had such elite stuff with the slider and the fastball and, and it, the spin it, rate it, on it, everything. It, it kind of translates, though, top 10 in strikeouts for relief pitchers. Oh, yeah, 31.1 strikeout percentage, but it comes with a 16% walk rate, which is one of the worst in the league. So what did, what did that co- what do those high strikeouts cost you? Everything, Everything. <laughs> including Mattingly's uh, will to live. <laughs> will to uh, manage. Will to manage. He's not going he, he, to off himself yet. <laughs> uh, Rafael Montero is a guy that we used to uh, 
be very impatient of at least I was with the Mariners and he gets to the Astros and lo and behold uh you saw him in the playoffs he was yeah. It was pretty damn dominant, except for that I mean, one he, game. But he's had the, the ups and downs as a reliever, really good in Texas, then bad in Texas, then really good in Seattle, then really good in Houston. Um, I just find it very interesting. He secures a $10 million for three years deal. Um, and Tyler Anderson, who I've mentioned his contract already like three or four times. But how does Tyler Anderson only get $3 million or $2.5 million more than Rafael Montero? Hmm. Make, it, make it make sense, because they're about three years, and it's the difference is like $2.5 million a year. Last category we got here is the holds and saves. Uh, this time, I did not include all the traditional numbers. I just wanted to include the strikeouts and, of course, the advanced metrics because that's all what Felipe is about. And similar results, Diaz, Classe, Williams, Mentor, Munoz, Helsley, Martin, Duran, Phillips, Alvarado, uh, and, yeah, Alvarado round out the top 10 with uh, Eric Swanson and Liam Hendricks getting double-digit points. Uh, last guy I want to ask you about, Camilo Duval. Do we still believe in him for next season? I don't know. Uh, depends on how much we believe in those Kenley Jansen to the Giants rumors. Mm. Uh, you, you saw you saw the the little picture I sent you, and I posted it in Baseball Life, I believe. Yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. Kenley Jansen being the saves reaper, moving from one door. Oh, Will Smith, your saves are mine. Rizal Iglesias, your saves are mine. Uh, could be the same thing to uh, Camilo Duvall. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I want to say I was listening to. Uh, rates and barrels with Eno and DVR and they were talking about uh, Camilo Duvall and that it was something to do like he didn't train that much in the offseason and so he started slow and it was one of those they're trying to get him to buy in to do more work in the offseason so he kind of because he got stronger as the year went on but in the early yeah. season he kind of had yeah. some struggles I uh, did which, notice that yeah. it's a it's a weird thing he's still like super young i mean he's probably one of the youngest guys on this list hopefully for uh, his sake he does uh build up endurance because uh yeah like you said he does have electric stuff and he becomes the the best relief pitcher the giants have to offer at that point yeah. so uh the world is his if he wants it let's yeah. go over to our picks i'm sorry you have something else to add oh i mean it's, it's he's so close to just being you know emmanuel classe it, and it's he it's right there for him to grab uh, he's just got to kind of nail it down, figure it out. He did improve last year to this year, which is he, he didn't pitch as much last year. Only had the 29 games, three saves. Uh, but ERA came down half a run. Whip went up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, still could be just absolutely bonkers for that team if uh, they get it figured out. So I'm still waiting on uh, Austin, Vince, Henry, Melvin's picks, but we'll go on without them. Surprised that you did not end up uh, with Ryan Helsley, I know you like them a yeah. lot, but I guess you like Evan Phillips and Eric Swanson a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of wanted to get them out there. Helsley, I think, is a guy who did have a really good year, and basically it came down to Helsley or Munoz for me because I, yeah. I knew I was going to add both Phillips and Swanson. And Helsley, I think, to me, when I did watch him, always felt more of the thrower than the pitcher, and I think we kind of saw that come back to kind of bite him in the butt. Yeah, uh, the last. Uh, bit of the season and the playoffs too yeah Yeah, and the playoffs as well yeah well uh, you can't not argue with the results i know i made fun of you because like oh you're getting my sloppy seconds i had them (laughs) at the beginning of the year and then he faltered and of course you picked them up and i think you kept them all year long right Uh, all the way to the championship yeah just about yeah 
so that's so uh, game recognized game. I'll uh, this might be Ryan Helsey's last time that he ever appears on this list. Uh, but of course, at the top of the list, our closers would be Edwin Diaz. Manuel Classe would be the setup guy. Uh, and then there's a argument. Oh, well, we both agree that Andres Munoz is your RP4. So we look for big things for him next season as well. Same thing with Devin Williams. Eric Swanson, now we just mentioned he got traded to the Blue Jays. So, yep. Um, yeah, that the, the, and I, the, I just want to talk a little bit about him. He's sure, got a, a, like the, the solid three pitch mix, and like I said, nobody they're like okay because even I, I fell victim to it. It's like I saw Swanson was having a good year, the ERA was really low, but I didn't look really deeply into it just because he was one of those middle relief guys that wasn't really getting any saves. But he had a thirty four percent strikeout rate in a sub five percent walk rate. He was like one of the only pitchers in baseball to do that this year. It was like an insane thing that he did. Um, didn't give up any home runs. Like I said, it's a, a multiple pitch mix. It's not just two. He's got a good splitter. Um, and I think he's really going to fill. What Toronto needed was more depth in the bullpen. Jordan Romano was great, but everything else behind them was kind of much to be desired. I think Eric Swanson is a perfect step in that direction for Toronto. Uh, the only thing I could see possibly holding him back is he is a guy who before this year did give up a lot of home runs this year. Those came down dramatically. He enters the AL East, which is the the bugaboo for our home run suppression. Uh, if he can keep those home runs in check, I think Eric Swanson is going to have another great year. And I think he had one of the best underrated relief seasons of the 2022 season. Of course, Evan Phillips, uh, Dodgers pitcher. I mean, he's, pretty damn good right yeah and uh and, and just a, a waiver claim i mean it's like the the dodgers the way and it's why i always laugh when teams get so upset they say oh our team just claimed a nobody off of waivers why can't they sign a, 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 a the free agent like because if your team knows what they're doing that waiver claim pitcher is going to be better and much better value than any relief pitcher that's available on the market and that's what the dodgers did with evan phillips this year and then my guy, the last guy on the list, RP6 for me is AJ Minter, who's always been a pretty damn good pitcher, a relief pitcher yep. for the Braves. Uh, he kind of had some uh, issues with walks and had some down years, actually, uh, the last couple of seasons. But he bounced back and uh, controlled his walk per nine to below 2.0, double-digit strikeout per nine once again this season. And uh, I believe he was among the league leaders in hold, yeah, 34 holds. So yeah. Uh, that that should count for something. 94 strikeouts, which is pretty damn high for uh, a relief pitcher. I mean, shoot, Tanner Scott is able to. We we, we talked about how good Tanner Scott is. Well, the AJ Mentor. Th this is what we were hoping that yeah. Tanner Scott would turn into. Uh, this AJ Mentor lefty kind of pitcher. Um, just uh, like again, uh, really happy to see him um, bounce back and become the elite relief pitcher that I know he could be. So. I added him on my art as my yeah. RP six. I've always liked his stuff. It was always the walks. Um, even in like 2020, he had a great year 0.083 ERA, but had a walk rate of over 10%. Um, it, it seems to be up and down with him. Uh, he's very reminiscent of a guy that I mentioned when we were looking at your last uh, spreadsheet, uh, AJ Minter and Alex Vessia, uh, both lefties with great stuff. And, you know, relief pitchers are always volatile. A.J. Minter is no different. Um, but when A.J. Minter is right, I mean, he is he's a guy who I first noticed in like out of the park baseball that the simulation that we did the the draft for the Rockies in um, 
I noticed him in like 2018 and it was like, or 2017, he was in triple a, but he had like 80 grade stuff and like 35 grade command. And I was like, who is this guy? And he was just so damn good. Every single time you would sim it out, the, the control would improve. But uh, yeah, he, he had another great year and I didn't realize how many holds you had uh, until you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. He was up there on the list. So, uh, so, so congratulations to all those guys who, um, did great in 2022 but as you can see i went ahead and shared the 2023 too soon zips projections so we don't even know of uh who, who's coming back and who's gonna get traded and we just saw the blue jays uh trade to oscar hernandez and to get more bullpen help uh, but uh figure we have some fun really quick blue jays uh according to this next year's zips projected standings and the ales is supposed to uh, take that division, although the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be fighting uh, for a piece of first place as well. As you can see, both are projected to finish with 88 wins. Yankees in third, Red Sox in fourth, and again, the Orioles, even with the, <laughs> all the good the good vibes they got in 2022, is not repeatable according to Zip's projections. Any thoughts on, the, on that list there? Uh, I mean, it seems about right. Um... I think the Yankees, once they add judge, that pushes them back over the Rays. And I'm not completely. I think Baltimore signs a few arms this year that are actually palatable to you, Felipe. I I know that's not their goal to be palatable to the whims of Felipe Felipe. Melicio, but I could see them getting Taiwan Walker. I could see them signing some of those other free agent, not like the, the crazy good ones, but just enough depth to really, you know, solidify that team and push them in the uh, right direction. And if I could uh, just find another starting pitcher, because there was one that I had looked and I can't remember who it was. It was Taiwan. And, Tyler Anderson. Uh, well, yeah, Tyler Anderson already got signed. Uh, um, Carlos Rodon. Uh, or, like, yeah, so Andrew Heaney hasn't signed. He declined okay. the qualifying offer, but like he'd be a name for them. Ross Stripling. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I could see them. Well, There's not Jacob, as many arms as I thought that were available. Jamison Tyone, like. Jacob the Grom to the Orioles. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's I, I can just tell you that won't happen. Uh, yeah, you saw Andrew Haney. You mentioned him. Chris Bassett. That, that'd be Corey good. Kluber. Like, guys yeah. that have experience in the AL East. Nate Ovaldi. Uh, yeah, oh, that, that makes too much sense. Yeah, that makes too much. They're just going to sign all the AL East retreads. So, and yeah, they, 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 they can get an entire rotation of Corey Kluber, Taiwan Walker, Jamison Tyone. And uh, who, who was the guy you just mentioned? I don't know. But those uh, three Nate, guys, Nate Evaldi, Nate Evaldi. Three or four names you just mentioned. That should be good enough for uh, 83 wins next season. So. <laughs> uh, hey, with that, you could sneak into a wild card. <laughs> all right. And you know how much I love the number 83. So uh, moving on to the central. Uh, speaking of 83 wins, uh, Guardians are not are not even projected to get to that number. They're projected to go 82 and 80, but still be good enough to win the division. Followed by the Twins, the White Sox, the Royals, and the Tigers. I don't know, man. Uh, Tigers, they can't be that well. Maybe they could be that bad. I mean, the bullpen's good, but it wasn't Orioles. Good. I, I think they're tearing down. I, I new GM they're already torn down. I know. I think it's about to get worse. I they How? were building, they were they were building back up. A lot of people thought that this was the year that they were going to take a step forward with Riley Green right. and Spencer Torkelson. I, I, I think that's. No. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know how you could tear I, well, down. It, it, it's, 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 it's a whole new office. 
I mean, new I, I GM mean, that they brought in. I mean, I get it. So you sign a bunch of veterans to mm. kind of complement the 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 young guys, right? I, I get that, but it's it wasn't it clearly wasn't enough. But obviously, it was all to spotlight the Riley Greens and the Spencer Torkelsons of that organization. I just it's just mind boggling because you still had to go through Tariq Skubal uh, on your rotation, Matt Manning, Casey Mize, and all those guys are hurt. Most of them are either hurt or, or inconsistent. But still, I mean, you're already torn down. I mean, how I, I just fail to see how much worse it can get for the like I said, the, the, the pieces from the last rebuild, aside from maybe Green Torkelson and one of the arms, I think they're all available. What a mess. Royals should be better. I don't know if they could be better than the White Sox because the White Sox still have a bunch of veterans on that team. And yeah, it, it all it, depends. If I think it depends their, on pitching and, yeah. and their health as well. Their health, uh, the bullpen turned out to be good. And that's what happens when you actually go out there and, and spend and, and bolster that <laughs> depth. I wish they could have done the same thing for their position players and their um, starting rotation. There's no more Jose Abreu though which is a good and bad thing. Good, because now you have an extra sp- position to DH uh, Eloy Jimenez, but now you don't have a first baseman. Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Actually, you, you can just fill that roster spot by extending Laurie Garcia. Bring him yeah. back. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's uh, I think the Twins might be... Um, that might be an undersell that they're doing here with the Zips projections. I've always liked the twins. I feel like this is, they could be a lot better than this 81 wins and give the guardians uh, who just seem to poof pitchers out of nowhere. As we mentioned, yeah. I think the twins can do the same thing. They're like a poor man's Cleveland. Gar- and that, that, I mean, we're talking about hey, real poor. And, dirt poor. and Kent Samayad is back next year. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a solid, and they still got some I, decent prospects coming up. The twins. Yeah, well, that, That's kind of my only problem with them is I like a lot of their, like the starting lineup and the starting rotation. I like, and then you look at their bench and then like the depths and the minors and you're like, Oh God, like everything has to go right. And yeah. nothing ever goes a hundred percent. Right. For the twins, right? Because I was gonna say, yeah, I do like some of the the twins prospects that are coming up, but the Guardians are on another level, and I mean, they just traded away Nolan Jones, who was like a very highly touted prospect with a lot of hype. Well, I, I thought that was actually a good move. No, I'm just saying that that's how much depth they have. It's like, ah, we, we don't need this Nolan Jones guy, and that's I mean, why they always finish ahead of the other teams in the the Central because they have yep. depth. <laughs> and plus, they got the best manager in Terry Francona, whereas the White Sox decided to get the best manager from 1991. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad those days are gone, right? So, let's move on to the AL West. Uh, as you can see, uh, Dan Z, that's his name, right? Zimbrowski, whatever. His yeah, name yeah, Dan Zimbrowski. He says it's Angels time. Okay, maybe okay. not really, but <laughs> uh, hey, look at that. They're right there toe-to-toe with the Seattle Mariners uh, for, in, for a tie for second place. Obviously, the Astros are the class of that division for at least for another year. Rangers are projected to get 80 wins, probably because a team with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager cannot be that bad. And, of course, the A's. The A's might be the – they might be even worse than the Tigers. Oh, uh, they're going to be worse than 74 wins. There's no I think, way. I, I don't think they touch 70 wins. I don't think so either. It just depends on a lot of things, but they're. I trading. mean, like maybe if the young pitching, like the JP Sears and the Waldachucks, are uh, like actually good, like that's asking a lot, though. The offense, the lot. offense is going to be so bad. It's putridly bad. I mean, it's it's almost Orioles bad. But oh. uh, the Texas Rangers, um, 
they're making a lot of moves this offseason. I, I, we just talked about Eric Swanson. Eric Swanson was a Rangers farmhand for a long time. They could use a guy like him right oh. now. Yeah. Uh, Angels, um, I mean, with Tyler Anderson, that's still not enough. And we don't know if he can stay healthy because yeah. I don't. Yeah, it, 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 anytime they, these Angels sign these free agents, it, it just it's always a bad idea. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe Mike Trout can stay healthy for a full season and show like we mentioned maybe Shohei Otani can pitch every five days as opposed to every six days uh yeah right as of right now uh roster resource has the angels as a five-man rotation uh well we'll see yeah they might get Martin Perez oh no Martin Perez resigned oh okay yeah he, uh yeah yeah he resigned we'll go they'll get Shamanea just so they can stay a six-man rotation oh, uh, God. Your <laughs> why does that actually sound like it's gonna happen <laughs> Telling man, I've known this team for it's a long the, time. It's the Angels, man. It's just the Angels. It's the shit gonna, they do. Yeah, we're talking about if the Orioles get some of these AL East uh, guys, and then for the Angels, well, they can get the Angels can get Sean Manea and Zach Eflin and Kyle Gibson. Oh god, <laughs> Michael Walker, Angels. <laughs> oh god, it, it's to, it's funny because it's true. Like, the, oh. <laughs> and then Drew Smiley to be a long relief pitcher just because oh, yeah. the, the swing Matthew, man, the swing or man, Matthew, or Matthew Boyd. Speaking of swing, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> to the NL East, uh, the Braves are the class of the division, according to Zips. Uh, New York Mets, I think, all the free agents you mentioned. Uh, yeah. And then the Phillies kind of uh, showing that they do have some resurgence in them. Uh, Mets and Phillies are tied for second. Marlins on the back of San Diego Contra will finish in fourth. And the Nationals, I don't know, man. I, I, I believe the I believe a lot more in the Nationals than I do in the A's. So, um, Nationals, uh, uh... 67 wins next year, apparently. I don't know. I I, I might take Oakland. I, I think Oakland wins more games than Washington. I don't see it. I mean, I mean, like who's who's the Nationals' best player? C.J. Abrams. It was uh, uh, Juan Soto. No. Um, oh, I almost I was like, wait, he's not on the team. <laughs> he'll always be on the heart. Uh, Steven Strasburg is the best player on the Nationals. Oh, uh, he's the best player on their IL. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just the the A's are just so stripped down. I mean, they're they're counting on guys who at should least, be playing in the Mexican league, let alone in Major League Baseball. Well, it's like to me at AAA. least at least to me they have like some of the guys that were top prospects that oh, the A's like, yeah. I gotta see like Lang- I, like I'm not even pa- like a Pache fan, but Langoliers Pache like they're uh, definitely on, on going for a type. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, failed failed prospects type, right? <laughs> Uh, okay, so Tony Kemp, no, again, he should be in the Mexican League. Sean Murphy's oh, don't, be gone. Don't disrespect oh, Tony Kemp such, like that. He's such a – he's Laurie Garcia if you weren't a switch, oh, if you were a switch hitter. Oh, he's he's much better than Laurie Garcia. They're the same guy. I can't tell him apart. I uh, can't Seth, tell him Seth apart. Brown is just a – he should be a pinch hitter. Ramon Lariano is not a centerpiece. He's nothing, and he's a PED user but without the production. Who the hell is Vamel Machine? Oh, Machine. The machine. Oh, I, I, I switch looks, hitter, switch hitter, awesome plate discipline. Can't hit a lick. Yeah, that's what I thought. Looks more like a mechanical as, as opposed <laughs> to machine. Uh, Shane Langlers, I'll give you that. Uh, highly touted catcher, I'll give you that. Connor Capel, what the hell is that? And he Chris actually was really good when the Mets went out there and played him right at, at the end of the year. He they got him off of waivers from St. Louis. Right, he was having a really good year in AAA. Oh, not like really good, but pretty good for AAA. 
And he came over and he ended up hitting 308, 356, 519 in the bigs and 60 plate appearances. Only 60 plate appearances, but like yeah, that's, it, that's, it was an interesting you piece. It, you said <laughs> it right there. So when, he's gonna get exposed and and the A's are just gonna be able, are just gonna go oh, into you know, you know what I just found you, you know what I just realized? What? The A's will be your new Orioles. Oh yeah. Oh, as the or as the Orioles get better, your loathing and dislike will transfer from them to the A's. It just doesn't make sense. This is so awful. It's really bad. Shay Langoliers is not Atley Rushman. And Christian Pache just sucks. I mean, well, it's, when I look at this lineup, it's a really good defensive team. And you know they're gonna get a haul for Sean Murphy. Like I said, I don't know. Like it, it's a weird build, no, but I, I, thumbs down. Oh, like I said, I'm 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 As not volunteering right now, myself to do it. I'm not volunteering myself for it, but oh, but you're getting of, under my skin, Sean. That's the problem. Pitch, you're getting pitch to skin. contact and all of those guys, Allen, Pache, Langoliers, Loriano, they're all good defensive players. Yeah, I'll give you that, but you know, you got it. No, no, this is gonna be an 80s Cardinals. We're gonna get out there, slap the ball, and run. 80s. That, that, that's that's what they're going for right Let's here. Play 80s baseball in 2022. B- Billy Bean on his way out the door is rewinding the clock and going to say this is the new Moneyball. <laughs> Screw on base percentage. These guys can't get on base. It's Screw all about on base percentage. It, 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 it's all it's it's all about defense. That's what he's going to do. Says the team that created the whole. We need to focus on on base percentage. Yeah, they all also right. finished with like a sub 300 on base as a team, I believe. Last Here year. are the top 10 yep. uh, teams in DRS fielding, right? Yankees, Dodgers, Guardians, Cardinals, Astros, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Blue Jays, Orioles, Mariners. I would say that the Orioles were the only team that did not have their roster all completed, but they still had some guys. And Adley Rushman, we're seeing that he's an uber prospect. And like I said, they do it, they did have some decent guys on that team that are that I would even I would even admit are major league. Actual major league baseball players. <laughs> the A's don't have any of that. And it's it's gonna take a miracle for the A's to be relevant like the Orioles were last year. So, but if the argument Oh, is, I don't think they, I don't think that'll happen. I, I don't think that'll happen. But if the argument is are they better than the Nationals? I, I think I'm, they're better I'm, than the Nationals. All right. Well, let's take a look at the Nationals. All right. So we got Lane Thomas, who uh he every time you discount him, all he does is do enough to make you believe in him. So we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. CJ Abrams is a very exciting uh prospect, definitely better than Pache. Uh, Joey Manessas was a guy we talked about last year at the end. Uh, he kind of, I mean, he's that who's the, who, the equivalent of that one guy you were bragging about? Oh, well, um, Frank Schwindel. Or no, oh, Capel? Machine. Machine. Or oh, was it oh Capel? machine. No, oh, no. Connor Capel. Connor, you're right. Connor Capel. Joey Manessas is the Connor Capel of the Nationals. <laughs> uh, I, I I see your Shea Langoliers and I give you Kyber Ruiz. Wash. Yeah, it's a wash. They're, they're the same player as far as I'm concerned. Right, right. Uh, Luis Garcia. So Be- Better I mean, than Tony Kemp. Better than Tony Kemp. And, you know, you were talking about, well, maybe this failed prospect for the A's might turn into something good. Same thing with Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia, failed Nationals prospect. Maybe he'll be turning into something <laughs> next year. Uh, Vargas, uh, 31-year-old. We could skip him. Carter him, and, him and Machine are a wash. Okay. Carter Keyboom. Uh, we still have. Is, is he a thing? Is he a thing? Uh, I thought he, he's, uh, he's done. He's done. He's a DH. At he's the done. Moment. He's done. <laughs> one of these key booms is going to work out for the national. No, game. they're never going to work out. <laughs> one of them. Uh, Josh Palacios. Uh, yeah, he's nothing good. But Victor Robles, I mean, he's basically Christian Pache. Yeah, th- that that's your comp there is Robles experience. versus Pache. 
And uh, most importantly for you, uh, the Nationals have Lucius Fox on the bench. So that's a, that's a difference. Hey, right my there. boy. Uh, Josiah Gray, who is maybe he's not an ace, but he definitely showed some flashes of being a low, very bottom of the barrel ace type pitcher. I mean, he did he's give still, up like 35 home runs this year. And a Something 5 crazy. ERA, but I don't know, man. I mean, Cole Irvin doesn't do anything for me for the A's. Black, <laughs> Paul Blackburn doesn't do anything Th- for this me. This is their only redeeming hope that they could be better than the A's is having Gray, Cavalli, and Gore like actually form a solid one, two, three in some sort of order. But you, man. I think that the National League East will feast on them in that ballpark and in the National League East ballparks than the A's pitchers in their ballpark. I, well, listen, man. They got to see Shohei Otani and, and Mike Trout, all right? They still got to do battle with yeah, that. Yeah, but they and have the to. They, they, says, they get to play half their games in the O.Co. shitty Coliseum. So. <laughs> uh, oh, CJ. Oh, a couple of uh, 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 veteran pitchers here. CJ Edwards was the Nationals for now. And your guy, our guy, everybody's guy for at one point. Hunter, Hunter Harvey. Harvey. Yep, still alive. Uh, let's see. Okay. So and then Steven Strasburg will one day come back. No, I believe won't. in it. No, I won't. believe in it. Watch. Don't believe me. Just watch. Oh, Tanner Rainey had Tommy John. Yep. Surprise. Oh, I didn't know that. And I then, remember when he got hurt and then he was just kind of gone. I didn't know he had Tommy John. And you know who might be called up next year, sooner rather than later? Robert Hassel the third. Prospect difference maker. I rest my case. The A's don't have anything like that on their system. Not yet. Not now, at least. Not yet, at least. Uh, no, I'm not believing in a catcher. Number 43 ranked uh, Tyler Soderstrom, lefty, 21 year old. No, Ooh, I'm not I, I, I like Soderstrom, TBH. Uh, I, I'll pass. I don't believe in catchers. And number 92, Luis Medina, who's a starting pitcher. Oh, that's the guy from the Yankees. How did Robert Hassel do in the AFL this year? Uh, good question. Uh, he sucked seven plate appearances, one hit. Yeah, he sucked after seven plate appearances. Way to go. We're going to go Cardinals, hey, 91 hey, wins. He was no Cooper Hummel and who in the, I didn't realize he even went to the AFL, but he did after he got traded and Cooper Hummel hit 471, 591, 706. Oh, well, it's always easier the third yeah. time around, isn't it, Sean? Uh, this was his second time in the AFL. Okay, Thank you very much. Second time <laughs> easier. Okay. Was he 26 years old already? Cooper Hummel? Yeah, 27. <laughs> Why is he in the, all right. Why is he Michael, the Michael Jordan of, 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 of uh, Arizona Farm, Arizona Fall <laughs> League uh, players, uh, NL Central, St. Louis Cardinals to win 91 games. That's about right. There, I, mean, I know it's not a, a off balance schedule like it was in the past, but that's about right. Brewers, uh, they need to do a lot of things to uh, catch up to the Cardinals. You see, point. I don't know. I think I like them going forward in the outfield. I like them getting rid of Renfro. I'm not sure about the package they got back, but whenever they get off, like or get three arms back like that it's like one of them usually ends up pretty good uh, but they have a lot of depth in the outfield in the high minors sal freelich joey weimer um and then one of the top prospects in all of baseball jackson churio is probably a year away at this point so they could have like a little youth offensive movement asteri of uh, ruiz from last year i don't know i, I kind of like if the brewers just don't decide to tank and trade burns or woodruff or do something stupid uh, I like their chances this year. I think the Cardinals take a step back, honestly. Mm, I don't know, man. I think the Cardinals are just uh, they're out, out maneuvering the Brewers in every which way. And it's so much that David Stearns decided to for the Brewers decided <laughs> to just step down, which uh, he, he's, he'll always be my guy, David Stearns. Yeah. 
he saved the NBA. No, uh, <laughs> Cubs, Reds, and Pirates have similar records. They're both projected to win more than 70, but less than 75 wins. I think the Reds are going to be the more exciting team next season. Yep. The Cubs, uh, they a lot of their better players are way, way, way down the farm system. Uh, I know that Dan Z mentions that um, the Cubs are making noise about spending this winter. I'll believe it when I see it. I just, uh, if you're the Cubs, why would you spend? Why yeah, to me, to me right now, the, the Reds and the Pirates are, well, at least the Reds are probably better set up going forward than the Cubs right now. Yeah, because uh, the like Pirates just, do have some uh, players that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, their farm system, see sure. how Mitch Keller goes forward again this year. Andy Rodriguez, I think, could, I mean, theoretically break camp with the team. And I made that post about him in Baseball Life in like June or July. And he, after I made that post, he ended up, going getting all the way up to i think triple a and he was in had just gotten promoted to a ball at that point and uh uh the the one the mets like get away andy rodriguez <laughs> uh well speaking of catchers we stay the pirates still have henry davis who's in the arizona yep. fall league at the moment uh wait that th- that already ended right the arizona fall yeah league. They, yeah that's done that's okay. done uh and they still had g1 bay who got called up last year very late but he might start the year in the big league club and that's a guy to have uh, especially now that they look uh let go of uh hoy park oh yeah so they'll just get the other korean guy wait is hoy park korean i forgot i just i, I think i think he was i think he was well g1 bay uh is waiting in the wings but so is nick gonzalez who was a former first round pick for that team and he's going to be starting in AAA. He, you might see him get called up soon. Yeah. Uh, who else is on there? Uh, some guy named Leover Peguero. Yeah, uh, shortstop. He, he actually debuted. He played like I think one game for the Pirates. <laughs> it was like they had like somebody go down with COVID, and they didn't have a shortstop on the roster. And he was in Double A or High A at the time. He was already on the forty man, and he actually happened to be playing only like an hour away at a, a visiting team's ballpark. And so they called him up just to have him on the roster and then they sent him back down. And then you still got Travis Swaggerty, who has been um, uh, a mainstay on the prospect list for the pirates, 25 year old. He debuted, he, he debuted yeah. this year. So he might still be a thing. He just, we will see if he gets a little bit more time to redeem himself, but I know it's a kind of a late blooming thing, but still, yeah. I think uh, it depends who, on if what they end up doing this year, trade wise, if they end up moving Brian Reynolds or theoretically they could trade Mitch Keller. Um, I, I think that'll signal what they're trying to do this year. And they're definitely not trying to win, right. but if they're trying to set themselves up for the next three to five years, they're probably best off trading Brian Reynolds and Mitch Keller, uh, which would suck for this year, but um, they're not that far away. Like you said, they, they got a, a lot of interesting names that might not necessarily be popping up on like big time list, mm-hmm. but uh, they're all kind of have the same ETA, which shows right. at least some sort of planning. Yep. Uh, in terms of going forward and building a new team, basically at the same time, uh, for the pitchers, Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester, who I've been keeping an eye on for a while now. There's other pitchers here. Let me see if I can find o- them. Oviedo that they picked up from the Cardinals, really live arm, just has to work on the control. I thought there was other names here. Maybe they have been called up, or maybe they just kind of fizzled out. But I could have sworn there were other names. R- R- Ronzi Contreras. That's um, him. Yeah, yeah the, the former Yankee up. guy. Yeah. Yeah, that did not turn out too well, but I mean, he, he he wasn't bad. It just he wasn't great. That's the problem. I, 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 expect... I think that's you. If you're making your debut and you just somehow tread water, I think that's a win. No, I expect great things <laughs> from all these highly talented. Everyone should be Juan Soto Everybody. and Ronald Acuna Jr. at 19 years old. Damn right. Damn well, right. If they can do it, why can't you? 
I'm aware of my the Braves who could just have the luxury to wait two or three years to see if Kyle Wright becomes a thing. I don't think so. Life's too short, man. Dodgers, uh, not 100 wins, but 91 wins. That's respectable. Padres at 87, Giants at 83. But so did the Diamondbacks. So we did not see the big push from the Diamondbacks on this list. But that's pretty impressive still. And you never know. A couple of uh, stolen wins here and there. Suddenly the Diamondbacks might look like a playoff team next year. And in that last, probably the worst run organization, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Uh, That's the Rockies. Yeah. Tap the Rockies. No, thank you. Um, Yeah. So I like the Diamondbacks and Giants. I'm not too sure about them. So we might see them fall to fourth place and the uh, Diamondbacks sneak into third. And if the Padres truly falter, you never know, man. Uh, like, like second. Well, like I said, I, if the Padres show any sort of like major faltering, I mean, we got to remember who that GM is. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to just blow it up. And I could, I could possibly see it, like the Josh Hader getting moved, uh, Darvish moved, Snell moved, like just, just everyone for sale. Which well, would be terrible because they traded all of their top prospects in the last two years. Well, they, that's all they do is trade their top prospects. And yeah. they, they're okay with the Hunter Renfro's of the world leaving. I got to ask you this, though, man. If, if the Padres falter like after like 25 or 30 games, did they fire their general manager? I don't think so. I, he, he He's uh, AJ Preller. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. He, he survived doing this really twice already. So um, I think he's good. All right. Well, that's a good place to stop. That we got all the we covered everything that we could for today. Uh, big Hall of Fame show. Hopefully tomorrow evening. I still got to work on that spreadsheet, but I'm hoping to get that done. And we should be that one should be with myself, Austin, and Kevin Miller. So I'll be the first time I do a show with Kevin. Uh, the last time he was with Austin, I thought he did pretty good. So it looks like he has a lot of uh, uh, historical insight for the game of baseball. So I look forward to discussing that with him and Austin tomorrow. Yep. Uh, Sean, any last words from you about uh, anything about today? No, just uh, looking forward. We got the winter meetings that start next week. Uh, rule five draft, which is always, you know, super fun for someone like me. But yep. uh, yeah, we're just, uh, we're getting there. All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in for Felipe. No, I am Felipe. For <laughs> Sean, I am Felipe. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, everybody. Adios, guys.